1: Heavenly Father, we come again with bowed heads and humbled hearts and contrite spirits, thanking you once again, Lord, for another day not promised to us. Lord, I'm asking that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities and our shortcomings and our transgressions and those things, that place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm grateful for this time I have with my sisters in Christ, Lord, that you've given us yet another day, Lord, to partake in your word and to be taught of your spirit, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that this is just the beginning of things to come. I pray, Lord, that we truly get edified, Lord, and we get spiritually fed of your word. I pray that no flesh gets glorified, Lord, in this teaching, but that only that your spirit, Lord, may do what is necessary, Lord, for us to grow. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, for those who are not here, Lord, who have not been here. I pray for those who have strayed, for those who are, have other things going on that couldn't make it tonight. I pray that their families and their friends, Lord, are okay. I pray that you cover them in the full armor. I pray that whatever distractions may come upon them, that you ward them off in Jesus' name, Lord, that they are able to come. I pray for our sister Elaine, Lord, who is battling so much. My friend Christine, Lord, who's going through issues with her marriage. Lord, I pray for my brother Curtis and everything that he's going through concerning his family. And I just pray for the Lord, other ministries like Omega Mary uh, Ministries, Joyful Sound Ministries. Mm-hmm. I pray for so many, Lord, that are out there in the fight, Lord, that you give them everything that they are going to need. So and if it be your will, Lord, then let us have resources that we can also contribute to them, Lord, and to the homeless and to those that are really in need. You, we pray, Lord, that our brother JC makes it tonight. Lord, yes, if he please doesn't, please then please we know. Lord, that you watch over him and guide him and keep him. But we know that it is no easy thing to win souls. We know that we have to stay up on our brothers, Lord, and become their keepers, that we watch over each other. We pray for our brother James, Lord, and all that he's going through right now, that you may cleanse him and fix him, Lord. For we are going to tackle a difficult subject tonight, but one that we think of, Lord, is really important because the enemy always has his snares. He always has his tricks he always tried to mimic our lord jesus but unfortunately for those who cling to the lord himself and those that know the words of jesus christ they are his elect and they cannot be deceived but lord i pray that you just make what our messages tonight clear and i pray lord in the name of jesus that you bind every foul spirit every demonic spirit Every spirit of error, every spirit of contention, every spirit of confusion, every spirit of jealousy, balance hatred, every spirit of fear, doubt, and unbelief. I pray in Jesus name, Jesus. Lord, that you bind it yes. and that you cast Amen. it down. every spirit out of hell, every sickening spirit that's over our sister Christina tonight. Lord, in Jesus name, yes. I proclaim yes. that, that 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 spirit leave her Lord yes. or that she clean that you cleanse her Lord with your hands of healing. we know that you are the great physician and there is nothing too hard for you so we pray lord that all that we ask and all that we pray for that we do it for your glory and your honor for you are the king of kings and lord of lords you are faithful just and you are true and you are worthy of all praises make this study about you tonight lord and not about us do it for your glory and honor in jesus name we pray amen amen Alright, so tonight's study is going to be called Understanding Serpent Language Understanding Serpent Language Now, the reason why I believe the Lord brought this to me in my sleep last night <laughs> is because, you know, there's obviously something He wants to tackle I know firsthand that all the things that, you know, I'm hearing I mean, it's just so amazing how many churches out there are getting into New Age gossip, New Age garbage, New Age uh, philosophy, and they try and combine it with the Word of God. And, you know, the two are totally separate. They don't go together. So with the help of the Lord tonight, uh, we're going to get into a lot of key words and things that they believe in, uh, a lot of things that they will, you know, the Lord will point out some things that will let us know if it's of His Spirit or not. And this is why the Lord tells us no matter what, you know, that we ought to test the spirits and see if they be of God. Because why? The devil is a good imitator, and he has a way of trying to get people to follow him by trying to pretend to be Jesus. Exactly. You know, and when you go through this new age philosophy and all that they go through, you have an understanding that the devil calls himself Christ, too. Okay, so it's not just Jesus, but there's some real slick things under the table that you even find a lot of pastors getting into when they're talking about. So Mm -hmm. this thing has infiltrated the churches and we need to be able to understand what the devil's tricks are, what his, um, what his key words are, you know, um, I just think it's going to be a good study tonight. I think we are going to expose as much as we can, of course, not in ourselves, but with the help of the Lord, you know, that we may gain what we need to. But I always like to get started with a psalm because we're going to go into Jesus Christ first and how awesome our God is. And we're going to compare him with this false Christ that a lot of people are, are, are talking about. And you're going to find that most people in churches or other social gatherings they're more in love with the false Jesus than they are in knowing the true Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, we would have to ask ourselves, how did they manage to creep into the church? But the Bible makes clear in 1 Timothy 4 and 1 that in the latter days, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. So we know that the devil cannot just come in he has to seduce a way in and see the first thing that the devil can do is to convince you that your god is hard and your god is unfair and if he was such a good god why would he let these things come to pass if he can first get you off course with that and you're going to find that he has not changed his tactics in six thousand years he's still doing the same thing that he once did before even trying to tempt our Lord Jesus Christ himself. Mm -hmm. So you know that we are no exception, but we just have to cling with the good shepherd and do what he tells us to do. And his spirit will not allow us to be deceived if we truly want the truth. What strays a lot of people away from following the Lord is how receptive they are to the truth. Mm -hmm. Like I remember um, yesterday, uh, we were talking at the table at um, breakfast and, you know, I was talking to Martin and Laura, and they were talking about their friends that were in Catholicism, and they said that their hearts were right, you know, but it's just that they, you know, um, they believed in Mary and other things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I tried to tell them, like, yeah, you know, I understand their hearts can be right, but how receptive people are to the truth is where you can determine how how much they really want Jesus. Exactly. Because, you know, to a believer, if you were to tell them once or maybe twice About our need for Jesus and he being the only mediator, mediator, our only salvation, our only way. If I'm seeking the truth and I can see where it's written in scripture, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to believe it because, you know, we believe that this is the word of God. But if you can be convinced that there are other words or other wisdom outside of this word, Mm -hmm. then you can be straight from the truth. So our paths need to be clear. Excuse me that we might see the truth exactly alright
2: yeah. my dad grew up Roman Catholic and mm-hmm. he said like once he was like 20 or something like that he just knew something was always wrong like with the faith religion mm-hmm. um, and he was Italian so he they every they were really like religious going mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. and he said like he just kept searching and searching and then Christianity like when he found Christ and he spoke in tongues like that was when he knew like that was right. That was
1: the real thing because it it was the same thing that you can read in the word and tell the truth. And so, you know, these other um, things that we're going to go into tonight, they'll make you feel good, no doubt. Mm -hmm. And they will push you up, but they will not get you closer to the Lord. Okay, so the devil knows and he has known for a long time that if he can push you up, then God will take his hands off of you. Mm -hmm. If you push something up beside the Lord, God will take his hands off of you. If the devil fell through his own pride and what his own desires were aside from God, then he knows how to get you and I to fall. So it is important that we understand this. All right, so let's get started in Psalm 33 and we'll start at verse one. All right, and it says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harps sing unto him, With psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done in truth. So that tells us right there. We are to praise the Lord. I love when it says an instrument of ten strings. Mm -hmm. Because you automatically think of the Ten Commandments. And if we are instruments of the Lord. Or vessels fit for him to use then we are going to play this instrument with 10 strings. Why? Because we will love our Lord, which are the first five, and we are going to love our neighbor the way that the Lord wants us to. So that makes us vessels fit for the Lord to use. All right. So then he says to play the song um, skillful uh, with a loud noise. So there's nothing like preaching the gospel because the gospel is the good news. So you would imagine that the good news is the new song. Remember, there was an Old Testament song which talked about the coming of the Lord. The New Testament song is the Lord is here and He's coming back. He is alive and well, here to bring salvation unto every believer for those who want Him. Exactly. Okay. So it says in verse 4, For the word of the Lord is right and all His works are done in truth. So what does this mean? That God cannot lie. He is not a man. It means that in order to truly have God. We have to be in all of his truth, not some of them. And then when it says the word of the Lord is right, I mean, that means that this word is his overall authority. God holds his word above, excuse me, above his name. Mm -hmm. So we know that our God is right. Everything he does, no matter what he says, no matter how much we don't understand, we have to first understand that God is right. Because if we think that there are some things written in this Bible that are not so right or maybe a few words here and there should have probably been switched to make more sense, then that means that we're not not taking his word as a whole. That leaves a loophole that the enemy can come in and seduce you. Like I told you about the guy the other day, one time we were out there and he said, you know, Jesus, um, the Bible talks about him to the age of 12. But then we don't know what happened from 13 on to 30, what happened with his life. You know what? I don't care. I know what the Bible says concerning Jesus Christ, and that's where I go. So you see, the devil will always try and find loopholes. Okay, the Bible didn't talk about what happened to Jesus in his 32nd year, so I'm going to try to inject something there. You know, and this is why we have to be clear. Like, another example that they try and use in the New Age is they'll say, Well, if Adam and Eve were the only two, and they had two sons, then how can they reproduce from there? You know, obviously there had to be more people around. You go to Genesis 5, the Bible makes clear, Adam and Eve had lots of sons and daughters, the Bible makes clear. Now, some people can say, wouldn't that be incest? Well, you know, that wasn't considered incest back then, because it had to begin with two people, and they had lots of children. So, obviously, Seth... Or Cain had to marry a daughter of Adam and Eve. When you live for nine hundred years, you're gonna have like a thousand kids. I mean, come on. So sorry, it sorry. only makes sense. Yeah, good.
3: But at the same time, you're right, and obviously the Bible is right. But then God did in Exodus after there was enough people say, "Do not uncover your sister's nakedness or your mother's nakedness." Absolutely. But that, that was after.
1: Right, when the world was already produced, you know, when there was no need to go that route or whatever. So, you know, and also we got to remember, even though they were fallen around the time of Adam and Eve or after them, that man was still a lot cleaner than Mm -hmm. what we are today. Oh, yeah. Okay, because these people heard the Lord's voice outright. They were already fallen when the Lord said, Cain, why are you wroth?" I mean, Cain was having a conversation with the Lord and everything where... You know, we got to get in the spirit to have this. Well, Cain and Abel didn't have clubs. They didn't have TV. They didn't have internet. So you see, these are the things. Or they didn't have careers. These are the things that pull us away from the Lord's voice. So these are things that he's trying to um, make clear. So these are some of the arguments that the enemy will try and use to snuff out this word. But we know that God's word answers by itself. We don't have to philosophize. We don't have to try and, you know, figure out something to try and make it fit. We know that God answers everything that he says about his word in his word, mm-hmm. or we be led of his spirit to, to understand. Verse five, he loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of his goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. So that Lord there is in capital letters there. We know that Jesus spoke the world into existence. The Bible makes clear that this is Jesus Christ. So he was around from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So it says, uh, verse 7, He gathered the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. So you see, I believe at one point, even around the time of Nimrod or before him, people still feared the Lord. People still believed that there was a God, whether they chose not to serve him. That was a different thing. But you see, ever since this point, the devil has always tried to make our God small, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and tried to lift himself up or man up and this is why I have such a thing against humanism I don't care what Martin Luther King said I don't care what Buddha said or any of these other people what about the words of Jesus that are so much more wise than anything but you see why they don't like Jesus because Jesus leads you back to the Father Mm -hmm. he leads you straight back to the truth so they don't like him so Buddha was just a man Krishna was a man all these guys were just men With no power. All they had was their philosophy and their belief systems. And most likely they were encouraged by demons to believe what they believe. Mm -hmm. Okay, but they hate Jesus because Jesus is the truth that actually leads people back to to the Father. Where other people just gave you their philosophy, but they can't tell you how to get there. Buddha would even tell you, go your own way. Muhammad would say, hey, don't follow me, you know, because I'm not even sure where I'm going. You know, you do you. So what kind of savior is that? You know, let's be realistic here. But Jesus could tell you, hey, in my father's house, there are many mansions. And if it were not, I would not have told you. But Jesus spoke of the heavens like you know that he was there. You know that he made this. He had such depth and understanding that man still can't figure out, you know, a lot of the things that he meant. All right. So verse 8. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. So if he spake and it was done, that means that in a 24-hour period, everything that the Lord said from day one to day six was done. This is not evolution where they talk about millions and millions of years. That's another damnable doctrine of serpent language that the enemy tries to pull out of it. So it says, he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. It didn't take a thousand years. All right, verse 10. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. And this is why they hate Jesus, because he shows the heathen their need for him, that they don't understand. If you read any Shakespearean work or any philosophies in the art of war or you get into any of the books in Buddhism or Hinduism or any of those Eastern philosophies guaranteed they stole something from Solomon or or from Proverbs or something and then they tried to make it their own. They'll try and tell you that Buddhism is so old when really the truth is Buddhism is probably about 500 BC. Alright, Solomon was 1000 BC. Alright, and even before then the Bible talks mm-hmm. about things so They stole a lot of that information and they tried to make it their own. But you see, if they say that it comes from the East, then, you know, man or on this side of things, because they have forsaken their God, they feel like they're enlightened by all this stuff about, oh man, you can walk in the light and all this other stuff when the Bible was speaking against these things long ago. So the first thing the enemy tries to do is push you away from your God, and then he tries to give you some false reality and and have people believing in it. Yeah. Well,
3: and that's so much the problem with the church today. Like you mentioned before, no church should have a karate dojo in it. Exactly. No church should be, you know, I know this was already covered, but trying to Christianize a satanic holiday such as Halloween.
1: But, Easter or, or Easter,
3: yeah, exactly. And, and it's it's like if we don't know ifs about about it, but it's like if we don't get into this word for ourselves, then how are we to know? I mean, all the false religions are right in here. Everything that God speaks about is right here, but mm-hmm. Satan is also, you know, the different Bible versions too. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, hey, if you're going to read the Bible, I'm not going to give you the right one
1: exactly so he's going to slowly corrupt the word we learn that from even like you know the geneva bible unto the king james Mm -hmm. you find little things you know as you go past the king james you start to see switches greatly occur missing bible verses all sorts of things so the devil is still playing the same game trying to deceive people from the truth all right so you know he brings the heathen to naught because they still can't deal with the wisdom of the lord verse 11. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. And this is what America is going to learn when they decide to let the heathen over in the 50s with all these philosophies of acupuncture, Buddhism, Hinduism, martial arts and all this stuff come over that it says that the nation that, whose, whose God is the Lord is blessed. So it's no wonder that America has fallen apart now because America has adopted the ways of the heathen. Mm-hmm. They do not want to acknowledge the God of all gods. So this is going to be a result of what's coming. So uh, verse 13, The Lord looketh from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. So what does it mean by he fashioneth? Our God is no respect of persons. He's looking at every individual as to who they are and what they're about. And they are judged according to these things and to what they do. Verse 16. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. And horse is a vain thing for safety, neither shall he deliver any of his great strength. Okay, so, I mean, by his great strength. So what, you know, obviously the Lord is talking about here, what David is trying to explain, is that we might trust in so many things in the world to be our refuge, like our jobs, our car, our this, our that, our own strength. You know, I love what Steve Quayle said once. Because he talked about there are a lot of people that are supposedly getting ready for this whole thing that's getting ready to take place in America and throughout the world. And he said, man, I know guys who can shoot a fly off the wall. They got muscles bigger than their waist. I mean, they got all this stuff, and they are so ready. But Steve Quayle said, I got one thing that can take you out, and it's a virus. It could be something small, and that can just put you out, not being covered in the full armor of God. So... Man tries to deliver himself in his own strength and he's got none aside from the protection of the Lord. So this is what the Lord is talking about here. You can't deliver your own self if you try. Verse 18, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. We're going to find out tonight how important this is because if you fear the Lord, those are the ones that the Lord is looking after. But he says that, you know, um, upon them that hope in his mercy. So when you fear the Lord, your hope is in him. Mm -hmm. Lord, I don't know how it's gonna be done. I just trust and I believe in you. But I don't wanna make any moves that's gonna make you upset with me. I wanna stay in line with what you want. But you're gonna find that these religions that we go into, or this new age thing, it is all about pushing you up. It tells you that you can be equal to Jesus Christ. Now, and then some will try and look in the Bible and make the argument, Well, doesn't the Bible say that we're joint heirs with Christ? This is where they try to get you. Because you see, we might be sons of God where we're joint heirs with Christ. Means that we're married to Jesus, Mm -hmm. but we are not greater than Jesus. The Bible makes clear he is king of kings and he is Lord of lords. So these guys will try and tell you, well, it does say you can be joint heirs so we can be gods too. We're going to cover all of this because the devil is very slick. And how he tries to inject things. That's right. So it says in verse 19, to deliver their soul from death, to keep them alive in famine. So when all things are falling apart because our trust is in the Lord, the Lord knows who who trusts in him. This is something that can't be faked. Mm. I know you can have two people sitting here saying the same thing about their trust in the Lord. The Lord will look at both of them and know that one of them actually believes. So this is something that you have to feel in your heart. You have to know God knows this. And this is why you find some people like, man, this guy doesn't even sound as loving as I am. But why is his faith so strong? Because he truly believes. Mm -hmm. So you can sit there and fall in love with Jesus from night until day. But the Lord knows, okay, do you love me or do you love the idea of me? Yep. Because if you love me, you'll believe me and you'll do what I'm telling you to do. So this is something that can't be fake. The Lord can look right at the heart and know who really trusts and who believes in him and who's just religious. Mm-hmm. All right. So he'll keep us alive in the time of famine. Verse 20, our soul waited for the Lord. He is our help and our shield for our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we have hope in thee. Amen. So, you know, we have to make sure that our hope is in him and in him alone. Because can you imagine in the future, you know, let's just look at this where we may, um, let's just say the world just turned overnight. Mm-hmm. All right. The whole world is Antichrist, but you don't know it. So there's one Sunday you get up and you get ready to go into church. And you hear the pastor preaching things about Jesus that's just not true. You know, and he's saying all these things and you're like, whoa, I mean, there's anybody else in here listening to this? So you go over to other people in the congregation and you say, hey, did you hear that? That doesn't sound right. And that person will tell you, well, the pastor knows what he's doing. This is correct. You know, maybe you should study a little more. So then you go to the pastor and you talk to him about it. Hey, this is the truth as far as I'm concerned. If you don't like it, get out of my church. So then you go home and you go and tell your mom and dad about this because you can't believe that your church has been taken over by the enemy, and you go home and talk to them and your mom and dad will say, well, you know, the pastor is absolutely right, and I believe the same. So if you got a problem with that, you need to preach what you believe someplace else. Now think about in that moment, if that is what happened to you, that you have to get a real grip in your mind, am I going crazy? Or is the whole world going crazy and unbelieving Christ? This is what we're coming into. You go to your husband or your wife and you're going to hear the same thing. Your kids are going to turn you in because you are waiting for the hope that is in Christ. And this is why the Bible tells us to gird up our loins with truth. Mm -hmm. Because when it comes down to it, you're going to find this whole world's going to be turned upside down. But what is it that you believe? So this word has to live in you and you have got to know Jesus because that term is going to be so swift that we're never going to see it coming. Mm -hmm. All it takes is for the president to say on TV, anybody that is in a crit, that's a Christian or a false Christian, they'll call you false. That's the other thing. False Christians are going to believe blah, 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 blah. And it'll be everything that the Bible says that a real Christian should be. Now, you know, if we catch them, we're gonna do this to them, this is gonna happen to them. And now you're gonna have people around you that don't know the Lord. And this is why it's important that we know Him. You're gonna talk to people that really, they got an idea of Him, but they're gonna go according to what they heard on the news because they don't believe in this whole conspiracy. So you are gonna truly be singled out. And everybody needs to get ready for that. Everybody needs to have that mindset before we get to the place of the whole world becoming Antichrist. Mm-hmm. So that we can stand. I'm not saying go home and look at your parents with suspicion or whatever. I'm talking about if this thing were to truly jump off. Yeah. We have to know at any time the devil can be trying to turn mm-hmm. you away from the truth. Mm-hmm. And you know that's a scary visual to think about. But it's one that you would have to say Jesus Christ said that this is going to come. So I've got to stand in the truth and believe it. That's right. All right. So from here, I want to read something real quick. If no one else has any questions or anything to add, these are quotes on the Christ from the writings of the Tibetan master and um, Alice A. Bailey. So you remember we did the teaching before of Mm Kuhl, and we did the teaching of Alice Bailey talking about what they think of the Christ. Now, this is going to be real interesting because they're going to talk about Christ a lot. They're going to mention Jesus, but I want you guys to see how swift the turn takes place, where some things will be true, but they'll be mixed in with a bunch of lies to turn you away. All right, so this is the first one. It says, Christ was the first of our earth, humanity, to achieve the goal of individualization. Oh, so rapid. Was the development of the Christ that in Atlantean days he found himself upon the path of probation. Okay, so there's nowhere in scripture that you can find that Jesus achieved his own individualization. Okay, and then it says that the rapid development of the Christ in the Atlantean days found himself upon the path of probation. What probation was this that he was in? I'm going to continue And then we're going to hit this with the scriptures just to make the point. From the angle of evolution, the rapid unfoldment of the evolution of Christ was and has been totally unparalleled. So notice they are right away making clear that this Christ was the first. Now, the Bible will tell you Jesus Christ was the first fruits of his kind. We know this, but they're addressing it from the point that he was the first of the earth to um, realize the goal of individualization. All right, so that's one. Then it talks about what he did here was totally unparalleled in evolution. So you see, I agree, what Jesus did here was unparalleled, but it was not through evolution. So this is how things can be transferred. And you have some pastors that are speak fast, talking about stuff like this, and if you don't catch it, yep. you know you'll be saying amen. Be real careful in church when you say amen, because when you say amen, you sign off on what that person is saying, exactly. and it better be the truth. Mm-hmm. It has never been duplicated, uh, though. Though there are people living today upon the planet who are beginning to develop now with equal rapidity. Esoteric Psychology, Volume Two. That was a book of Alice Bailey. Now. It is interesting how she talks about that um, there are other people today living to develop equal rapidity. Now, there are people walking around full of Christ that are doing the works of Jesus Christ. But one thing we know for a fact is that they are not equal to him. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I do want to hit a scripture here. Let's go to, um, I'm going to go to uh, John 15. Yeah.
3: It also sounds like, um, because Satan obviously knows that he cannot stop. Well, he can stop people from believing in Jesus Christ, but at the same time, because people are coming out these days, even atheists are coming out these days, and they're not denying that Jesus Christ existed even if they don't believe in him. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like, well, if I can't stop people from believing in him, that I'm going to degrade him and I'm going to downplay him and I'm going to put him as another man like Krishna or whatever so that way they don't believe in his power
1: exactly so they're talking about that these people who are now developing to this day the equal rapidity so they're saying that there are people that have figured out the way that Jesus did it now notice they didn't say Jesus here they said the Christ Mm -hmm. we got to understand what that means altogether okay because they're not talking about Jesus but let's see So this is John 15 and 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. So what does that make clear? That the Father is over Jesus Christ. And it says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. So there is nobody out there that is coming equal to Jesus Christ, aside from being in the vine, which is Jesus Christ. But you see, a lot of people can put a spin here and make you think this. So we'll keep reading right now, but watch this. So it says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So it makes clear that aside from Jesus, that you can do absolutely nothing, and anyone that is not in Christ Jesus will be hewn down and cast into the fire. All right. Verse seven. If ye abide in me, if my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, um, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So did Jesus come in his own commandments? No. Nope. Absolutely not. He came in his father's commandments. So what we're hearing here in, in this esoteric psychology, volume two, page two and 10 of Alice Bailey in his Deja cool is another Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is not the Jesus of the Bible. But you get a lot of people that will try to push you unto your own works aside from abiding in the true vine. All right. So I'm going to continue. That's just one part here. So it says, note from um, Alice A. Bailey. <coughs> the Tibetan has asked me to, to make clear that when he is speaking of the Christ, he is referring to his official name as head of the hierarchy. The Christ works. Uh, for all men, irrespective of their faith, he does not belong to the Christian world any more than to the Buddhist, uh, the Mohammedan, the Mohammedan, or any other faith. There is no need for any man to join the Christian Church in order to be affiliated with Christ. The uh, requirements are to love your fellow men, lead a uh, lead a disciplined life. Recognize the divinity of all faiths and all beings and rule your daily life with love. The externalization of the hierarchy. Okay, so we understand that they're talking about that you can do all these things and you are to acknowledge other faiths. You know, this I would laugh at if I didn't, you know, we didn't understand how serious this is. Mm -hmm. This doctrine has come into the church. And this is why when you try and tell people their need for Jesus and he's the only way, you even have Christians saying, well, everybody believes in their God as a different God, but we ought to love them. So you see how sickening this is that the enemy has done this because he's trying to, you know, put everything together and and make it seem like our Jesus represents all faiths and all religions. Now, if she's really speaking of the true Jesus, then who is this Tibetan that she's listening to? This is obviously a spirit that is not of Christ that is pretending to be of Christ and speak for Jesus. So you see how if you don't know Jesus, you can't speak for Jesus. Mm -hmm. You get false representations like this and you will believe. Now see, if you want to listen to this and listen to what we're about to read, let's go to John 14, okay? And we'll start at verse one. But see, if you want to listen to this, this externalization of the hierarchy sounds fair. You know, even more fair than what we're about to read in the Bible. But see, it's not up to us in what we see as truth. It's what is the truth. All right, so John 14 and 1. It says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and and the way uh, ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Okay, so the Bible makes clear that Jesus Christ is the only way. Now they're trying to put him with all these false religions and these things are not true. Okay, now I do know from studying the New Age that the Christ that they're talking about here is the Antichrist and he is the uh, Messiah of the Buddhist, of the Mohammedan period, of the um, Hindus and and the Jews, you know, the the, uh, people that are in Judaism. They are looking for their Messiah to still come. They make clear that Jesus Christ was not their Messiah. Okay, so they're waiting on the Antichrist. The Buddhists are waiting on the fifth Buddha. The Hindus are waiting on Harry Krishna. And you got the Muslims waiting for the Iman Mahdi, who was supposed to be above Muhammad. So this is the Christ that they're speaking of. They are not speaking of Jesus Christ. Okay, so um, let's move on. I want to go to one more, but while you're at it, go to 1 John 2. Okay, but I'm going to read one more. So this is another one. It says the. Oh, you were gonna say something? Did you have your hand up or no? Okay. I mean, I can, I can bring it up a little bit.
3: All
1: right. So this is the second one, and it says, the first human being out, <laughs> the the first human being out of that center, which we call the race of men, to achieve this point, the third initiation was the Christ, and that first great demonstration of his point of attainment through the medium of what was then a new type of initiation the christ was joined by the buddha the buddha had attained um this same point prior to the creation of our planetary life but conditions for taking the third initiation were not then available and he and the christ took the initiation together the rays of the initiations Page 385. Okay, so they believe that because it wasn't available for Jesus, that Jesus and Buddha came together and took the same initiation. Now, see, this is why a Christian needs to be odorless, colorless, and tasteless. You cannot be concerned about your race because I'll tell you now, you'll find a lot of Asian people or Americans that have gone into the New Age will read this and say you know what this is true Mm -hmm. i can stay believing what i'm believing and i can serve buddha and christ and somehow that's going to bring together peace in the world now you know that these things can't be true now buddha is now since he's dead and gone is a graven image you know what the bible says concerning that Mm -hmm. all right so i just want to attack each situation as it comes Let's go to Isaiah 42, and we'll start at verse 8. I just want to make this point, and then we'll go right back. So hold where you are in 1 John 2. We're going back there. 42 and 8? Yes. Isaiah 42. All right. Isaiah 42 and verse 8. We know that Jesus Christ is the Lord of the Old Testament. And it says, I am the Lord. That is my name and my glory. Will I not give to another? Neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass and new things. Do I declare before they spring forth? I tell you of them. So the Lord makes clear, even before something comes to pass, if this was Isaiah 700 B.C., before things come to pass, the Lord always will give his people insight as to what's coming. Why? So we won't be deceived. Mm -hmm. So he says that he is the Lord, that is his name. His glory will he not give to another or unto any graven image. So, as far as this person talking about, or Alice Bailey talking about, that Jesus and Buddha took some initiation together, that's a load of garbage. Because Jesus would have mentioned Buddha in his gospel. All Jesus mentioned was the Father, that he came on his Father's behalf, and that the Holy Ghost would come. Okay? So, we know that that's a bunch of nonsense. But these are the things that catch people. This is three. It says... The world teacher is that great being whom the Christians call the Christ. Notice that they never say Jesus. You know why? Because the Bible makes clear that that is the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So these demons can't say Jesus. But if they do, watch how they do say it. All right, so it says that the world teacher of this great being whom the Christians calls, who the Christian calls the Christ, he is known also in the Orient as the Bad Hitsavata, Basifata, or something like that, uh, and uh, as the Lord Maitreya, and is the one looked for by the devout uh, Muhammadi, like the Muslims, under the name of the Iman-Mahdi. He it is who has presided over the destinies of life since about 600 B.C., and he it is who has come out among men before and who is again looked for. He is the great Lord of love and of compassion, just as his predecessor of the Buddha was of the Lord of Wisdom. So you see how this is why I tell people when we go into the whole doctrine of the gospel stop talking about this false love because you understand that the devil identifies himself as a God of love our Bible doesn't say that Jesus is a God of love the Bible makes clear he is the way the truth and the life but it also makes clear that God is love Mm -hmm. okay but he's not the God of love like people want to say here. Because, you see, this love and compassion is what people draw to other than to receive the truth. People want to feel better. They don't want the truth. And this is the God that is being promoted in these false churches. Everything that they're saying about him, aside from Buddha, you are hearing in church. He is a God of love and compassion. Yes, he is. But he's not the God of love and compassion. So this is who they're identifying themselves as. As instead of the truth God is love okay so if you have God in you then you will have love but when they talk about this one as representing himself as the God of love and compassion he's seducing you because Jesus Jesus never made his whole doctrine on squishy comforting kind of love exactly. Jesus told you the truth Jesus said if you love me Keep my commandments and do what I tell you to do. He doesn't say you have to feel anything about it. Now, we know that our God has compassion. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, there is no comfort in feeling like it. Mm-hmm. There is nothing like the Lord coming upon you. When you get those tears of joy, you know that God loves you. But you don't need Jesus to tell you constantly, I love you, I love oh. you. Oh, I just love you so much. And that's not the God we serve, okay? He shows it. Exactly. He shows his love in his power, in his compassion, in his grace, that we may grow in him, in his mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And it's also where people are missing the simplicity of Jesus Christ is because um, you know I read today one one girl was like a man there are there times that you know you wish that god would just come into your room and sit down and tell you what his plan is and i said he does mm-hmm. so he does do that it's like but well, we got to be willing to receive what he's saying and, and go forward but it's like how many times are people missing hey the lord gave you food on the table he gave you a place to stay mm-hmm. and he, he took care of your your financial needs and all that kind of stuff but yet we're still saying well where is god duh didn't mm-hmm. he just take care of your life for you
1: And this is how the devil has got into the church. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with love. There's nothing wrong with compassion. But Jesus didn't speak of love and compassion. Jesus showed it. He demonstrated it that all may see. The blind receive their sight. But I mean, I'm serious. Look anywhere in this Bible where you saw Jesus hugging anybody. I want somebody to show us that. Show me where Jesus grabbed somebody and embraced and hold and said, you know, but Jesus, his very words, were comforting. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, Jesus' words were so comforting that it made you follow him. But it wasn't through seducing. It wasn't through emotion. Nope. And I think that's what's driving people south. This is what is in the church, what they're talking about now.
2: Disciples gave holy kisses.
1: Well yeah, it oh, says to give on. a holy kiss. But what is a holy kiss? <laughs> Does no, anybody know? Right. You know what I mean? But it could be like, right, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like what the Italians do or whatever. But I'm talking about just trying to embrace someone and just a hold. There's nothing wrong with that. But Jesus didn't come that way. Jesus didn't come and, oh, just lay on my bosom. And I mean, John did that. John laid on the breast of Jesus. And the Lord, you know, comforted him by talking. But God never deals with your emotions. He deals with your spirit. Deep calleth unto deep.
3: He said, "My words are spirit,
1: and they and are life." We're yeah. going there, oh. but see, that is exactly the whole point behind us dealing with the Lord. If anybody gets caught up in their emotions, I'm telling you, this is what's going to drive people away. Yeah.
3: But I feel like God has
2: helped me deal with emotions to get to my spirit. Like when I am experiencing emotions, the times I have like cried out to Him or have been open with Him, He has opened up to me.
1: But what's the difference?
2: I'm seeking him.
1: No. You're led of your spirit. He spoke to your spirit and your emotions followed the spirit. Okay. But when you're led by your emotions, that's a different thing altogether because you want the compassion. But we're talking about it's like that chain link, like I said, the soul's in the middle, your mind, your will, and your emotions. The spirit was pulling and anchoring your emotions. So you wouldn't be pulled into false doctrine. No doubt the Holy Ghost is the comforter and he comforts us. But the point I'm making is, is it has to be led of the spirit. But when a person is leading you through emotions, you know, and they're not speaking to your spirit, that is spiritual sodomy. They are trying to get in through the back way. And this is why so many people love the devil and they're calling the devil Jesus because this is what they want. They want the feel-good message. But then when you come and present the truth, these people get mad at you. Mm -hmm. They don't even want the truth. Are you sure it said that? That's your interpretation of it. Why? Because they've received the false gospel. See, so you're receiving the truth. The Lord is speaking to your spirit. And he's showing you in your emotion what may be or what you need to see and know. But he's not guiding you through your emotion. Your emotions are following the spirit of God. Does that make any sense? Or, you know, I mean, no, if you, if not, you can speak. I mean... No, I get it. Like, um, even, like, Jesus had
2: emotions, but he wasn't controlled by his emotions. You know, he didn't act off his emotions.
1: Like, even with what you told us concerning marriage, yeah, the Lord brought it directly to you. All right, this is this. Stop worrying about this, looking at that or whatever. He didn't say, oh, Christina, you know, you... <laughs> it's it's going to happen. Just, you know, just... He was telling you, don't worry about it. I've got it. I'm dealing with this. He was speaking to your spirit and that brought comfort to your emotion. Does that make sense? But he wasn't telling you lies just to try and make you feel better. He was still talking to you as God. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. I have from
3: my own experience, Um, from past insecurities and stuff that the devil has tried to plague me with that the Lord actually delivered me from Mm -hmm. that the devil has tried to bring those back upon me Mm -hmm. and I had to recognize what it was and I had to pray and I had to fast and I had to get out of it because the devil will plague us again with those old things Mm -hmm. if we don't, like Paul said, if I don't keep my, if I don't keep underneath myself or Mm -hmm. keep my body in subjection, what he was talking about, those old things (coughs) can be unpacked honest and that's when we're like you know what that's the devil i need to pray and seek the lord and he'll take those emo- emotions away from us but anything in our past that the devil can plague us with he will try tooth and nail to get us back into those things
1: right because he comforted you with telling you don't worry about it yeah. you know what i mean i've got this yeah. but he didn't fill your head with lies no. it's like you he know heals
3: I mean? you through the
2: holy spirit you know versus the enemy will try to soothe, talk you exactly, and just yeah, try to relieve you for a second, but the wound is still there. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And then see, this is why people, you know, they never. Some people never grow up because they'll start looking for more soothing mm-hmm. instead of what is the truth. What is it that I need to do now? But they'll still, man, just make me feel better. Just one more sermon. And it's kind of like, no, do you want to hear the truth of what we are really supposed to be doing? So those Central who were The Lord
3: never did is. that. <laughs> no,
1: no, Jesus would tell people, I mean, straight to the eye, what was what. And it's like, you can either receive it. How do you think Peter felt when the Lord said, get thee behind me, say, thou art an offense unto me. But you see from there, he had Peter back, but he chased off that mm-hmm. spirit that came so soothing. Oh, Lord, no, be it not done unto you, Lord. I speak nothing again. You know, he grabbed the Lord, but the Lord is like, hey, man, this is not a spirit of comfort. This is an antichrist spirit trying to get me in my emotion so I not obey the Father. Yes. So yeah. you see, the Lord had to push that spirit on. Oh, hey, yeah. back off, buddy, you know. I'm going to do what my Father says. That's right. He knew it wasn't Peter. All right, so it says, he is the world teacher the master of the masters and the instructor of the angels. And to him is committed the guidance of the spiritual destinies of men and the development of the realization within each human being that he is a child of God and a son of the Most High. So right away, they're not talking about Jesus. They're talking about this Lord Maitreya. Now, you know that this Lord Maitreya is... Supposed to be um, the fifth Buddha, the Iman Mahdi, a lot of New Agers will talk about him. And they claim that he was anchoring Jesus at the time when Jesus was doing his thing. Maitreya was running things. So let's go to uh, First John 2 and let's find out what the Lord thinks about this. Also, you know, I have a friend that is going through something right now and I think the Lord might have wanted us to do this study because you know they just are so bent on (coughs) excuse me Jesus serving with other gods these people are believing that like Jesus is just one of many he's a part of the clique so you know hopefully they hear this and they believe the truth So it says, uh, we'll go to uh, 1 John 2 and verse 22. And the Bible says, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning if that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you ye shall um, ye also shall continue in the son and in the father and this is the promise that he hath promised us even eternal life so we understand that anyone that doesn't acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ they are antichrist I don't care how sweet, how poetic these people sound and what they try and bring. The Bible makes clear to look ahead of time. Now, this Maitreya has been around 600 B.C. Jesus had already walked the earth and the church of God was already established. Right? Now, you know who did come in 600 B.C. That was Muhammad. Okay, so this, this Lord Maitreya is um, Antichrist that they're speaking of here. Alright, talking about leading the angels and all this other mess. I want to bring up a point too. Let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to read one more and then we'll go right to uh, Genesis 3. Because it is important that we understand serpent language. Now, if you were to just listen to these people aside from Jesus, this just sounds like some, you know, enlightening stuff. It sounds nice. It sounds like, you know, all religions can come together in one And everyone can just love one another. I mean, if you think about it, it sounds like what God would want. But see, the reason why some people would think that is because they're being led of their emotions. Why offend the person next to me if I can include him with me? Mm -hmm. Hey, Jesus said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I came to set a man at variance against his father and his mother-in-law. A man's foes will be they of his own household. So Jesus didn't come to bring everybody together. Jesus knew that that was not going to happen. He knew for those who would stand for him, they would be against those who didn't believe.
2: Amen. And why would you want to believe any person in fact? You know, go straight to the scriptures. Exactly. Don't go outside of that. Like it's all you
1: need. And see, this is why a lot of pastors are compromised in the gospel. If see the devil is slick. Like, let's just say there's some things in this Bible you don't touch with a ten foot pole. Like let's just say you speak of sin, but you never speak of homosexuality or you never speak of certain things. You see, the devil knows if I can get you to compromise one thing, then you'll compromise two. And then you'll compromise three. And in order not to deal with one again, you'll keep on compromising. And then, then you get brought on TV like like um, on Larry King Live like Joe Osteen did and T.D. Jakes. So what do you think about homosexuality? Uh, well, it's not my um, position to judge. I just believe in, in preaching the truth in Jesus. and. You know, other people can have it. And, you know, I believe that as long as your heart is right, you will go to heaven. That's not answering the question. What do you think of it? What is it really? But see, if the enemy can make you compromise one thing, he's already broken through your armor. You don't have a leg to stand on. Mm -hmm. So it is important that we expose everything so that way the devil has no inroad. He's got no place to hide in your Mm -hmm. life or within the ministry. All right. So this says the world teacher directs that indwelling consciousness in the life of spirit aspect, seeking to energize it within the form of, um, so that in due course of time that form can be uh, discarded, and the liberated spirit returned whence it came. Ever since he left the earth, as related uh, with approximate accuracy in the Bible story though with much error in detail this is what they're saying so they're talking about this Maitreya is the Christ but they're talking about when he was in the Bible that liberated spirit returned when it came now see if you don't know better people can convince you that this is the Holy Ghost mm-hmm. we know that this is not the Holy Ghost they're talking of another spirit but they claim that while this was going on in the Bible story with great accuracy so they're saying that the Bible story of this Maitreya is with great accuracy, but then it says, though with much error in detail. So what are they doing? The devil is patting you on one shoulder, telling you, yes, the Bible is totally accurate. Except Mm -hmm. for a few other little points. Now, I'm not saying that the Bible is a lot, but there are some, you know, little, I mean, minor (laughs) points that are not true. See, we got to take this Bible as a whole because this is how... enemy infiltrates. So then it says um, uh, has he stayed with the sons of men never has he really gone but only in appearance and in a physical body. So that sounds almost true doesn't it? Like he's never really gone. Now we know he ascended into heaven but we know that the spirit is here. Mm -hmm. That Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost is among us. So this sounds so like it could be but it's just it's wrong, you know, because they're, they're acknowledging some pieces and they're taking out others. So let me continue. So it says, um, but only in appearance and in a physical body. He can be found by these, I mean, by those who know the way dwelling in the Himalayas and working in close uh, cooperation with his two great brothers, the Manu and the Manakun or uh, uh, the, Ma- the Mahaku, right? So these are Jesus's brothers, Manu and Mahakun in the Himalayas that we never heard of. Now, this is important because they're saying, now this is why when people say from the age of 13 unto 30, mm-hmm. they are claiming that Jesus went into the new age and went into India and went into all these places and learned some stuff. So when he came back at 30, he was ready to present his gospel. That's so the Ways religion, right? What?
3: The Ways religion that Bruce Lee studied.
1: Oh, all that stuff. Yeah. All this stuff is based on lies. But I am going to make this point, but this is how they try and throw you off. And at anything that is not right with the Bible, we've got to throw it away. So it says, daily he pours out his blessings on the world, and daily he stands under the great pine in his garden at the sunset hour with hands uplifted and blessings over all those who truly and earnestly seek to aspire. I mean, to aspire to him, all seekers are known and blessing uh, over all those who truly. Oh, I read that part. All seekers are known. And though they may remain unaware of him, the light which he pours forth stimulates their desire, fosters the spark of struggling life, and spurs uh, on the aspirant until uh, the momentous day dawns when they stand face to face with the one who by um, being lifted up uh, occultly understood is drawing all men unto himself as the initiator of the sacred mysteries initiation uh, human and solar. So this is another book and this is page 43. Alright, so the point they're making here is that this this so-called Christ is standing over just pouring blessings on people, and these people are not even aware of who he is. So this is how they, they support other religions to try and say that we've all got the same Christ. So let's go to, um, uh, let's go did to he, did first. Did
3: you read in there that he was understood by the occultists?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that the occult people understand who this is. So, I mean, let's just stay at Genesis 1 and 3, but I want to make it clear how the enemy works here because he has never changed his tactics in 6,000 years. So it says, Now the serpent was more subtle, that subtle means soft, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden, so we understand here the same thing that he's teaching Alice Bailey to present is the same thing he's doing here. The first thing the devil needs to do is bring doubt of the word of God. All right. There may be some things that are true here, but did God really say that? Did he really say that? So when these questions are injected, then all what people will begin to do is begin to wonder. Mm-hmm. Or they want to entertain the thought so they can inject their knowledge into it. You know, so they want to get you i um, dialoguing with them. Instead of just telling the straight up truth, Eve dialogues the serpent. So she says, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. So Eve, in dialoguing the serpent, said something here that was not true. The Bible never says in Genesis 2 that if they touch it they will die. He said if you eat of it you will die. So we know that she's already off course by what she said. And I can imagine the devil putting it in her hand. I can so imagine him saying alright well then touch it. She touched it, nothing happened. "Uh So that means that God's probably lying about everything else. Alright, so verse 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So what Eve should have recognized here, not so much about what the devil said, but she should have first recognized that this person is calling God a liar. Mm -hmm. See, the devil took it straight from Eve I mean, straight from the Lord and made it about her. He never, he said, well, God knows that in the day you eat thereof, you will be as God's knowing good and evil. So he put the focus on Eve. Well, what about you? All right. God knows whatever, but what about you? And see, this is why, if she would have recognized, okay, he's calling God a liar. Let me recognize this first. Mm-hmm. But you see, he made it about her and he gave her a compliment. Man, you be as a God who doesn't want to be that? Mm-hmm. But this is what's taking people by storm. Yeah, yeah Christina. This is
2: something that, not just Old Testament, this is happening today in That's our right. lives, daily lives, even in interactions with people, who don't even realize they're doing it. And they're te- you know, their spirit is testing you because they're the opposite spirit. And you really got to just know your God. That's the only solution is you know Jesus. And if you know Jesus, He will reveal. He's exactly. Him.
1: Exactly. So verse 6 says, And when the woman saw that it was good for food. So he's already enticed her. And that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. You know how many times we read over this and never recognize in chapter six, I mean, verse six, it says, you ever notice where it says and gave also unto her husband with her and did eat. Adam was there, you know, and I mean, it's not like he went away, but it made clear. Yeah, he's dialoguing her, you know, I mean, he's talking to the woman, but Adam was there. Her husband was with her when all this was going on and he ate. So he, see how the devil first went to the woman, just like the devil went to Alice Bailey, just like the devil went to Helena Blavatsky. Just how he's doing the same thing today. He first went to the woman knowing what God said about the hierarchy, but got the woman, the man, to obey the woman. He first made it about her. He empowered her. And and in turn, she felt uplifted. And now Adam is serving to her doing what she says. Man, this makes so much sense. So um, he ate. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord um, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Adam And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. I actually have a teaching coming up on they hid themselves amongst the trees of the garden. Because there's something else the Lord is revealing to me about this about these trees and why they were there. So then it says, and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told thee that thou was naked? Has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thou should not eat? So you know what enticed Adam and Eve was, one, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. The same way that this this Tibetan is talking about bringing people together with Alice Bailey is the same thing that he's doing to push people up, that they may pursue this and not the truth in Jesus Christ. Go ahead.
3: Just that word, naked. He said, uh, "I hid myself because mm-hmm. I was naked." It's like he had no more spiritual covering.
0: Exactly. the Lord
3: asked them who told you that you were naked yes they were physically naked but it mentioned several times mm-hmm. especially in the New Testament mm-hmm. you know that nakedness was their their spiritual not physical nakedness but it was their spiritual like they had no covering anymore mm-hmm. so it was like that's also what this represents
1: exactly so we learn in a lot of false religions why a lot of people get caught up The devil will always make it about you. Mm -hmm. He'll always try and turn it on you. Now, we're going to see a pro handle this very same situation. So let's go to Luke four real quick. But we're going to see a master at work because how the devil got humanity to fall. He's doing the same thing to people trying to take them away from the truth.
4: Yep.
1: And see, that's the difference. When the Lord speaks to you, Christina, he's speaking to you for everything that you need and you're going to need. He's not trying to entice you. You know, God is not a man that he should lie. It's like you either serve me or you don't. But I'm not going to try and butter you up so you can follow me. What kind of God would he be then? Think about it. I've got to seduce you in order for you to like me. That shows a sign of weakness. But that shows you the weakness of the enemy that he has to seduce you to get you to come on board.
3: What
1: kind of relationship is that? Exactly. And you know what? That is a great question. That is the the relationship that most people have in their marriages, in their relationships, in their religions, in their friends. It is that same type of seduction that they need to be accepted. All right, so let's go to um, uh, Luke uh, 4 and verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterwards hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command thee stone that it be made bread. So right away you see a parallel here. The devil turns to Jesus and says, "If thou be the Son of God, the same way, oh, have God really said not to eat of the fruit of? I mean, the trees of the garden? So he tried to bring a question, some doubt. If you are, I'm not saying you're not, but if you are, you know, command these stones that they be made bread." So he tried to make it right away about Jesus, not about the father. All right. Verse four, and Jesus answered him saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So right away, Jesus took it and put it back on the father. When people start to come to you and ask you things about your Bible, all right, you know what? Why don't you go and talk to the Lord about it? Why don't you go and ask him? All right, well better yet, like Jesus said um, before in the other, um, in Matthew 4, it is written. He went right back to the doctrine that God had. He never handled it himself. He went right back to the written word to make his point. And that's what we need to do when dealing with false religion. Mm -hmm. Don't let these people pull you out there into some struggling match about what Jesus did from 13 to 30. That's not important. That's why when he came to me with that, I started laughing because I had heard that before. And I'm like, the bottom line is this. What the Bible says is at 30 years old, Jesus was ready to begin his ministry. The Bible makes clear that he grew in the spirit from that point on. That is all I need to know. But don't get caught into, oh, I wonder, you know, what did happen to him from there? Because if you really want that answer bad enough, what will end up happening is you'll go elsewhere searching for it God will tell you what he wants you to know and that's why you guys got to be careful if you get a chance um, read the Gospel of Thomas when they try and claim that Jesus this is not in the Bible but they call it the missing books of the Bible they claim that Jesus when he was a kid he made his uh, teachers feel bad because he was so wise And, you know, um, and then one day I think that um, Joseph had something that fell over and broke. And Jesus used his healing power to fix it. And then Jesus knew from that point on that he was supposed to be good and do this and that. I mean, look at what they try and reduce you to. Now, see, that story may be convenient for fallen man because it would say, okay, now he gets it. So Jesus was just like you and I. He was, but he wasn't. He was tempted of all things, yet without sin. That would prove that Jesus was a sinner if he was doing all these other things. And we know that Jesus didn't do one miracle until the Holy Ghost fell on him at 30 years of age. Right. So we know for a fact that those stories are not true. Mm-hmm. But see, if you can be enticed into believing this stuff, you know, then you, you'll fall of course with it. I believe everything this word says, if the word doesn't say it, they didn't want me to know it. It wasn't that important, you know all right, so it says um, verse five, and the devil taking him up into an high mountain, shoot unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment in time, and the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them.' For that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all that, all shall be thine. So, you know, the devil tried to entice Jesus into the world about, you know, hey, I, I own it all, which he did outright after Adam fell. This world belonged to Satan. But he said, hey man, if I can give you this or I can give you that, He kept trying to make it about what Jesus could have. And Jesus, once again, verse 8, answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. If we understood how important verse 8 is, we would probably all be walking in power of the Spirit right now. He says, I mean, look at it again. Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve Mm -hmm. so think about it that we all live lives here and we all do things here we all indulge in things here so while we're doing that are we serving the Lord Right. you see what I'm saying Mm -hmm. this is the problem because all he said was I got all these kingdoms you know and you can have them if you worship me and all the things in it he said, hey, I'm only worshiping the Father, and him only shall I serve. So, you see, we got to be real careful what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Because many of us are claiming allegiance to Jesus, and I believe he's working with us and we're growing. But we don't realize how often we are serving the beast. Yeah. I don't think that we recognize that. that. Even when we go in in the morning and we punch in our time card, or we're sitting in these meetings listening to this demonic doctrine that you have given us that we are partaking in the devil's kingdom so it is important that we understand that Jesus didn't want anything from the devil and I believe that's why he didn't have a place to live or you know there's certain things he just didn't do why because they were a part of the system and he was only in line with what the father wanted this is important to understand yeah. verse 9 and he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said unto him if thou be the son of God cast thyself down from hence for it is written ye shall give and um, shall, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone so we understand too here that the devil is quoting scripture so the devil can quote scripture so this is important for us to learn and this is why the Lord tells us test the spirit and see if they be of God because you know pastor price had us laughing last week and it's true he said man if the devil walked in this church he said man y'all would all love him and think that he is an awesome man he said that he would go up there and start from genesis 1 1 and quote all the way to the end of revelation and people would think man this is a man of god but the devil knows the bible too And you'll find in most cases when dealing with the occult, the first thing they'll do is put the Bible on the table and then want to read your poem. And, and you know, we may not get a chance to get into all this, but you're going to find often in many cases how Alice Bailey quotes scripture. They know so much. They even mention the Mount of Transfiguration in here to make a point. These occultists are not stupid. They know the Bible and that's why they know how to twist it. So when we are even in churches, because 90% of the pastors in churches, I would say about 95% are Freemasons. They do their hand symbols, their gestures and things that they do and all that. Lord, forgive me because I ain't trying to put spells on anybody, but they do these things and they'll never tell you that they're a part of the brotherhood. That's why you have some pastors can talk about homosexuality and no persecution comes upon them. And people will say, I know you got a point, but people will say, are they, um, well, they're speaking against it. Yeah, but they're a brother. Mm -hmm. They're not going to go to jail. All they got to do is stand before the judge and show a hand symbol and the judge will look at it. Oh, case dismissed. But a lot of these pastors are Freemasons. So they can quote the Bible and it means nothing. Yeah, yeah sorry.
2: Well, and um, I learned this from a girl I work with who's a witch. And she's like, in order to become a witch, she had to read the satanic, like some satanic occult Bible. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and it, there's a lot of scripture. The Necronomicon. Yeah. And yeah, the Necronomicon. So these people are studying it to serve the devil. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Yeah,
1: it's for real. And, and on top of that... They know this Bible too. That's why a lot of witches will go against church people and all right, so then how come the Bible says this? And you get the ignorant Christian like Where does it say that? Um <laughs> yeah. And then they'll show you but if you've never studied they can seduce you. Yeah. I
3: was also can I read something in Galatians real
1: quick? I was gonna read that. Galatians one one and
3: eleven? No. About Paul? No, yeah. Okay. Um, so this is Galatians 1 and 11 but I certify you brethren that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man Uh, for I neither received it of man neither was I taught it but by the revelation of Jesus Christ for ye have heard of my conversation in times past in the Jews religion how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited in the Jews' religion above my, above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of my traditions and my fathers. So Paul's talking here, when he was in the Jews' religion, he persecuted the Christians. Mm-hmm. So how is it that people can say that the Jewish religion today is correct when he's saying right here, when I lived that way, I killed
1: the Christians. Yeah, and now it's transferred over to the church. Mm-hmm. So you got a lot of people, I'm telling you. Ask yourself, why is it that they hate the truth? Why is it that when you really hit them with scripture about what the Bible says, what Carlin said to me yesterday was astounding when he mentioned that that he went to a place where they didn't know that the word the description, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God was in there. He said he didn't know till he started coming to the, you know, in the beginning. But he said that these people don't know this. I mean, do you understand what seduction there is in the, in ministries and all these things that are going on? Mm-hmm. They don't even realize that as they love the world that they are the enemy of God. And this is why the devil kept trying to offer Jesus the world, because he knew that that would put Jesus on a collision course with the Father. That that would make him fall away, you know? So anything that we're not doing in the spirit is worshiping the devil. And that's why I'm so glad in the beginning of this ministry, the Lord had always... Gave us this thing for exposing, 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 yes. so that way when you hear the truth, you know it. Mm-hmm. It is important that you know what is right and what is wrong, mm-hmm. so that way you don't fall victim to that.
3: I got sorry, one more. Yeah. So, uh, so I heard this pastor say, and it was on that uh, exposing false religion video that you, borrowed, you borrow, and he was saying that um, the people who uh, one at one time that uh, people, bank tellers or whatever to recognize a fake dollar bill that they had to study the real one so meticulously mm-hmm. that they could spot a fake a mile away mm-hmm. and this is exactly what we should yeah. be doing with the scriptures and following Jesus Christ so that way you can, you can expose a phony Christian or phony poly- pastor yeah. a mile away we yeah. should be able to see it coming
1: absolutely, it's so true So it says, uh, Jesus says, uh, for it is written, well the devil tried, he is written, this is verse 11, in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said unto him, uh, it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So he made it clear, everything stayed on the Lord. And if we do this, we will not fall away. But the devil every day is trying to put out your light. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season, not forever. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. So this is what the devil is going to try and stop. You guys, in your spare time, read Luke 4 to to a part where if you read this um, chapter, it's going to tell you that when Jesus came in to preach the true gospel, that they tried to dump him out on a hill on his head. They tried to throw him out head first. They had their hands on Jesus trying to throw him out. Not even recognizing that he was their Messiah. He was their only hope. And this is what you're going to get. So yeah, they grabbed him and tried to kill him. You guys ever read that? Yep. I think it said right here. Yeah, uh, look at verse 28 and all they in the synagogue when they had heard these things were filled with wrath and all he said was what he came for and that's why they wanted to kill him so then it says um, verse 29 and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him into the brow of the hill whereon their city was built that they might um, cast him down headlong but he passing through the midst of them went his way. So in the very church, the religious system that he was in, they tried to kill him. So what do you think that this religious system is going to do today if they will not accept the truth? These things are so important for us to understand that we won't be deceived. It is always about Jesus, never about us. (coughs) This is 4. It says... He has been for 2,000 years the supreme head of the church, invisible, the spiritual hierarchy composed of the disciples of all faiths. So you see, they want to bring all faiths into this, not the truth. All right, then it says, He recognized and loves those who were not Christian, but who retained their allegiance to their founders, the Buddha, Muhammad, and others. He cares not what the faith is if the objective is love of God and of humanity. If men look for the Christ who left his disciples centuries ago, they will fail to recognize the Christ who is in the process of returning. The Christ has no religious barriers in his consciousness. It matters not to him of what faith a man may call himself. So you can tell that they're lying again. This is what's going on. But did you notice some truth in it? Like when it says that he has no religious allegiance to anything, that is true. But he works with a relationship. But there is no other way that we can sit there and talk about that Jesus doesn't care what religion you are in. Mm-hmm. This is a false Christ and we're going to prove it. So let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. man that serpent is slick yes, alright we'll start at verse 1 now this is Paul warning his apprentice Timothy it says I exhort therefore that first of all supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good uh, and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So what is he doing? Calling all men unto the knowledge of the truth. Verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all uh, to be testified in due time. So that makes clear that Jesus Christ is the only mediator between God and man. Mm -hmm. But notice here how Alice Bailey talked about that they don't care as long as they have love for God. And this is what you hear. All religions talking about God, 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 God. But the moment you mention Jesus, they've got a problem. So they are antichrist. So let's go to Acts 4 real quick. It's important that we expose this stuff.
4: For
1: real. People are really believing all this new age garbage. right acts 4 and we'll start it uh, verse 10 and it says be it known unto you all and to all the people of israel that by the name of jesus christ of nazareth whom ye crucified whom god raised from the dead even by him does this man stand here before you hold this is the stone which is set at naught of you builders of uh, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there of salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given amongst men, whereby we must be saved. So only through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, yeah. we are saved. Right. So as far as Buddha and Muhammad and all that, not the truth. This is all about Jesus Christ. So she continues and says, the Son of God is on his way and he cometh not alone see now we know that when Jesus Christ comes he's not coming alone you see how deceptive the devil is yep. because Jesus said the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his um saints or he's coming with his holy ones his people and with the clouds of heaven so if we stopped here we would say they are right but listen it says he cometh not alone His advanced God is already here. His guard is already here. Uh, And the plan which they must follow is already made clear. Let recognition be the aim, the reappearance of the Christ, page 60. So you see, this this is so deceptive that's catching people. Now look how many religions believe this. You got Jehovah's Witnesses, remember? They said Jesus Christ has come back, but he is invisible. You got the um, World Mission Society Church of God believing that Jesus came back and died in 1975, ha! He gave the um, power over to his wife, and his wife now heads the church, which is, um, can't remember her name, some Korean woman. But you see, this is what they're believing, that there's some mother God, and that Jesus came back and he's invisible. The Bible makes clear that every eye will see him when Jesus Christ comes. So the devil tried to mix in some truth along with lies to deceive you. This is 5. He is the world teacher and not a Christian teacher. So he's not a Christian teacher. He's just a world teacher. He himself told us that he had other folds, and to them he has meant as much as he has meant to the orthodox Christian. Oh man the devil is slick then it says they may not call him Christ but they have their own name for him and follow him as truly and faithfully as their Western brethren the reappearance of the Christ page 62 now the truth to this is he is a teacher okay Jesus Christ did come to teach part of the truth is it says that he has other folds now we know what Jesus was talking about here. He wasn't talking about other religions. He was talking about people of gentiles that would be like him yep. or that he would bring into his fold. But the devil is so slick here talking about that um but they have their own name for him. Now there's some truth. Okay, I know in Chinese or Cantonese or Mandarin that they wouldn't say Jesus They probably have another name okay but they are clear that we're speaking of the same Jesus all right now you know in other faiths he's going to have other names but it has to go according to the Word of God okay so this is where they try and deceive you but what they call him God is smart enough to know if you're talking about Mm -hmm. him in Jesus Christ his son but what these people are talking about is staying in your own faith and He's accepting you into this fold. So let's go to John 10 and find out if this is true.
3: But you're right, because it's like reading that, if we don't know the Scripture, like when it said His God was already here, people would might think, well, isn't that the Holy Ghost? Because it yeah. just that it's the, there's the Trinity? Uh-huh. No, that sounds like the Antichrist.
1: And then you got people that will say, see, you know, your God and my God, they're mm-hmm. the same. That's what the devil is trying to convince everybody, so Christians can stop preaching in other religions. Yeah. They now have Chrislam, all this stuff going on. Trying to mix Jesus with everything. All right, this is uh St. John ten in verse one. Verily, verily I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way the same as a thief and a robber. So how do we get in? Through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. But he is saying there are other ways into the door. Now what door? Into the spirit realm. And this is where a lot of the occult people are going and not through the right way, which is of Christ. All right. Verse two. But he that entereth in by the door of the shepherd of the sheep, I mean, is the shepherd of the sheep, to him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out so you know when it says to him the porter openeth i want to get that in the greek i should have done that before but somehow i'm imagining like when the lord talks to his people you know that that porter can be portal even like when we when we speak to the lord we enter into relationship where we hear the lord's voice it's because the veil is being taken away so he speaks to his sheep so I'm wondering if, if Sarah can even find that in the Greek to find out exactly what that word Porter means okay and I just want to um, get that clear so um, verse 4 says and when he putteth forth his own sheep he goeth before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice so you see Jesus has a very distinct voice that only his sheep will follow but according to the reappearance of the Christ with this Alice Bailey she's talking about that all faiths will be under this same fold and then that the devil tried to use the Bible to make its point not even understanding what it means so you know anyway verse 5 and a stranger will they not follow but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers So Jesus' sheep know who he is. Uh Do you have it?
3: Yeah, um, the door to the kingdom of heaven.
1: There you go, portal. So that's exactly what they're talking about with that portal being open. That, you know, and that's why Jesus says, unless you go through the right way, yeah, you can go through to the spirit world, but it won't lead you to the kingdom of heaven. You'll probably get to to the second heavenlies, which is the devil's realm. But we know that God's kingdom is above that. You know, in the third heaven. It's
2: interesting because our little um, book here says doorkeeper. Uh-huh. The doorkeeper, which like, it's kind of like Jesus is the doorkeeper, like
1: mm-hmm. the way, the open way right. to heaven. Mm-hmm. So you see that Jesus is that opening that we need to go through. So you can get in through another way, but it's not going to be to Jesus Christ. It won't be to the truth. Mm-hmm. Outside of Jesus, the only one picking up the other end of that phone is the devil. Okay, he's the dispatcher for everything that is not of the kingdom of God. So you try and go in another way, he'll answer, uh, hello, can I help you? (laughs) That's who you're going to get in contact with. And he'll
2: give you Mm -hmm. spiritual enlightenment, but not in the right way. Uh Uh-huh, exactly. (laughs)
1: It's
2: only what he wants you to know, not enough to have you get to know
1: Jesus. Exactly. All right, so this parable spake Jesus unto them. But they understood not what things they were, which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. So the Bible makes clear. That Jesus is the only way. Mm -hmm. And I love how he says that those who came before are thieves and robbers. So as far as this reappearance of the Christ, Alice Bailey and all these other people, they're trying to lead you in through another way. Because, you know, what do thieves and robbers want to do? They want to hurt you. What are these false churches doing? They're stealing from you. They don't want you to get close. It is rare that you find someone, and this is the truth, that goes to church and, and has a direct relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. and I mean they're doing the works of Jesus Christ. It's rare. You find them maybe in the 1% or 2% in a church building. Most people come every week to be entertained, no relationship with the Lord, not doing what the Lord says, and instead of hearing the Lord's voice, they hear the pastor's voice. It is rare that you find people that have their own relationship that can go and sit in the church, hear the pastor, but while they're listening, they're examining him too. Saying, wait a minute, let's see, you know, that wasn't right, you know, but yeah, that was right, amen, but then they're thinking, yeah, but that was kind of wrong. It is good that we have that impartial type of mind of Christ that we are examining what is right and what is not right, so we don't fall for the okie doke. You don't fall for the tricks because you got everyone in there saying hallelujah. You're listening to what's being said. Yeah.
3: And also on that, because, you know, people get into this mindset for me, having gone to Christian college two and a half years way back when. Mm -hmm. But um, they think that simply because someone went to a school of theology and learned about Jesus Christ there, that makes them a Christian. I don't make him any more Christian than if he went to secular school. It does not matter. It's no. like he's got to know this word by the Holy Ghost, not by his professors.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So he says here, um, I am the door. of any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to kill, I mean to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So you see, Jesus' purpose for telling us the truth is that we may find the truth. But if you notice a thief, a thief doesn't have honor. Mm -hmm. A thief will do what it takes to conquer you. Even if he has to kill or steal or to destroy you, he is out to get your soul. And that's Mm -hmm. what the devil will do.
2: He's ruled by his emotions.
1: Exactly exactly i am the good shepherd the good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep and our lord did but he that is an hireling and not of the shepherd whose own the sheep are not seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catches them and scattereth the sheep (coughs) excuse me the hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep i am the good shepherd and know my sheep, and I am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. So we understand Jesus is speaking of people of other religions, converting to Jesus Christ, learning the truth of Christ, that they might know the truth. So he's not going to come as Muhammad. He's not going to come as Buddha. He's not going to come as Krishna. He is going to come as Jesus Christ, and, and you know, of the same spirit that all might receive him. And don't be deceived. There are Muslim Christians out there being killed for serving Jesus. There are 20, there are millions of Chinese Christians out there being killed for the name of Jesus, you got tons of Indian Christians out there being killed for Jesus Christ's mm-hmm. sake. Okay, so don't be deceived and think that in all these um, countries that they're all serving Krishna, Buddha, or Muhammad. They're not. You got people of other faiths out there. I mean, of other um, um, uh, nations exactly. out yeah. there. That believe Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and are living and serving him. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring that point that, you know, Jesus is sheep, know his voice. So you have to be of the spirit to know Jesus Christ. Let's go to John 4. It's up.
3: interesting
2: because yeah. 16 talks about the fold,
1: uh-huh.
2: which you had talked about earlier. Oh, like yeah. One fold and one shepherd. And then 17 talks about, um, therefore does my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. So it kind of gives it a definition of love. And it's, he loves them because of who he is in his heart and what he does by laying down his life and sacrificing himself. Not like he would say it, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see, the sheep of Jesus Christ will be known the same way laying down their lives for the brethren or for others, you know. That selflessness can't be duplicated. It is only Jesus because, you know, even when Buddhists and um, and Hindus and stuff, they go into their practices. I mean, you had stories of the Buddhist uh, monk, Damu. He sat meditating in front of the wall for nine years trying to um, reach nirvana. So these guys will perform all these feats, but in the end, Why would you meditate in front of the wall for nine years? Who is that for? Is that for your brother or is that for you? Mm -hmm. Why are you trying to get to inner peace and nirvana? It's for you. Mm -hmm. It's not for anyone else. So no matter how humble these religions appear to be, it is always for themselves. How they can reach their spiritual enlightenment and higher place. But you see, the true agape love of Jesus Christ, it can't be duplicated. No matter how much light they mention, no matter how much harmony, energy, universe, that the real selflessness of Jesus Christ can't be duplicated other than by the Holy Ghost of God. Mm -hmm. So I think that's interesting. The devil can't show love. He can't show this kind of love. He can show you the false kindness of pretending to love you. But man, laying it all down. Exactly. Exactly. All right, I'm going to, this is five, and it says, no, I read that one. Uh, This is six. The church emphasis has been and is today upon the dead Christ. Men have forgotten that he lives, though they uh, give a tentative recognition to the hope and belief at Easter time, largely because his resurrection guarantees our own rising again. Really? Well, and it does, but see how the enemy is going to use this. And because he lives, we shall live also. The fact of his uh, livingness and of his presence today, here and now on earth, is not emphasized except through vague and hopeful generalities. Uh, generalities. Men have uh, forgotten the Christ who lives with us on earth, surrounded by his disciples the masters of the wisdom accessible to those who make the right approach in saving men by the force of his example. Man, now, see, here's the thing. If you didn't know better, you would think that this was the gospel. Mm-hmm. He's talking about masters of wisdom. Remember, it was that wisdom and knowledge is what pulled people, what Adam and Eve, away from the tree of life. So, they're trying to say that they have forgotten that, that Christ is alive and amongst us, but they're not speaking of the Jesus. They're speaking of all these <clears throat> false avatars out there that are turning people away from him. Yep. That's why they keep saying his disciples, but they're not speaking of him. And they said that they're here on the earth. You know, as an example, yeah, you know, the real ones are being persecuted in the coming world religion the emphasis will be on these truths life and not death will be um, proclaimed attainment of spiritual status through spiritual living will be taught and the fact of the existence of those who have thus attained or who work with christ for the helping and salvaging of humanity will be the goal Uh, The fact of the spiritual hierarchy of our planet, uh, the ability of mankind to contact its members and to work in cooperation with them, and the existence of those who know what the will of God is and can work intelligently with, with that will, these are the truths upon which the future spiritual teaching will be based of Pro, uh, the problems of humanity one for, page 144 the problem of man's humanity is sin let's go to John 17
3: well, what they had to pick up on the first time when it came when she, when you started reading that was the world's religion
1: the world religion mm-hmm. now you know that this is why we're going to uh, John 17 because we're going to hear the words of Jesus for himself. John what it's John seventeen and verse one. Okay. It says, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy son, that thy son may also glorify thee. Total selflessness, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, and he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal that they might know thee, and only tr- the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had uh, with thee before the world was. I was manifested thy name, I have manifested thy name, unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were of uh, thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. So those that are of Jesus will keep Jesus' word, mm-hmm. and he says that he came to get them out of the world, yep. not to be a part of it. Okay, so then it says in verse 7 Now they that now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them, I pray not for the world. Okay, so that world teacher is talking about bringing all humanity together. Jesus is only interested in those who are separated unto him that want out. But for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and all are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own um, name Of Those whom thou hast given me that they may be as one as we are. So Jesus is talking about his people being one with him as he is with the father. Mm -hmm. So they have to preach the right doctrine and believe in the right Jesus. So he says, uh, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. That of those that thou gavest me, I have kept and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. So Judas, again, was against him, not for him. Okay, verse 13. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak to the, in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word. So he gave him the Father's word, and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So we understand if people hate the truth in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. what you bring them, they are not of Christ. They are antichrist. Exactly. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth as thou hast sent me into the world even so have i also sent them into the world so you see their doctrine has to be correct not this world teacher garbage not this bringing people of other mm-hmm. folds and trying to manipulate the scriptures because if you didn't know better you would think that they were reading directly out of the bible so we got to understand what Jesus's purpose is, not to make it here in this world. It is for eternal life. He brought us in the world only to separate us from the world that we may lead others out of the world, but not to be a part of this system and not to bring humanity together. The only one that wants that is the God of this world, which is the devil in the, in the Antichrist. You're going to say something?
2: I just... Uh... I feel like a lot of people who get really stuck into um, these alternative religions and wanting the sugar, you know, coded gospel Mm -hmm. and stuff, is people who are really can't, it's hard for them to accept the evil that is in the world. Like they know it's there, but they are seeking beyond, um, and they don't want to accept that truth. You know, they don't want to believe that. They want a solution for everybody, so they get deceived into these flatteries and these things that um, these other gospels, mm-hmm. you know, other Christs are bringing forth, exactly. and it's you have to just believe that it's always been that way. There's always been a, you know, a good and the bad, dark and a light, and it seems crazy or insane, insanity to try
3: and change that Mm -hmm. you know well and part of the reason why because there was a time when i think that the line was a little bit more black and white than it is today it's it's really really gray today Mm -hmm. because of the fact that the church has shaken hands with the devil Mm -hmm. as a whole not every church but like he's saying 95 odd percent have because if the world is is seeing the church doing the same thing that they're doing, what is the need for change? Mm -hmm. So they may, and I've seen it, where I've read it, where people have said some very blasphemous things about Jesus Christ because they've had bad experience with so-called Christians and what they feel like they believe, but yet they they can't explain the scripture for themselves. Or someone will go off on a tangent not understanding. Well, they say, well, God... First of all, what people have to really understand is God, Jesus Christ, is righteous with every decision that He makes. It is His grace and mercy that He has not blown us all off the planet. And He would be justified in doing so. But He still shows His fairness to us. What's fair? We deserve hell in the lake of fire for our sin from nature. But He still gave us, when He died on the cross, a chance to come to know Him. But the church has fallen asleep with all these love messages and so when people say well God you know he killed people of the Old Testament you got to understand they weren't supposed to be here they had fallen angel blood in them Mm -hmm. so they were not supposed to be here in the first place and if people really had an understanding of who these giants were then it's like dude you would understand that this is why he took them out and you know people were constantly trying to go against God Nimrod what did Nimrod try to do you know tried to put the portal up and, but because people are not going and studying the Scripture for themselves outside of what the pastor says, they cannot explain the Scripture for themselves. I had one person tell me, not all I, not all the answers in this are in the Scriptures. I said, actually, if people went by the Scripture and less on what we felt, all our problems would be solved, point blank. Right there. It's true,
1: but you see, Christina is right, that when people... They fall into these false religions not accepting the truth. So all you have to do is be stray away from it or want something more than Jesus and then the devil can entice you. You know, that's what. That's why a lot of people stray. Yeah. You know, let's go to Galatians 1. I'm going to read one more. This is 7. There's 11 of these. So it won't be long, but it's just so um, important that we understand. The Bible tells us, what is it? Uh first timothy uh 15 um study to show 50 themselves 50. approved unto yeah. god a workman needing not to be ashamed yeah. rightly 40. dividing the word of truth it's 14 okay so we know that this is what we should do Four but 15. a lot of people huh <laughs>
3: 415
1: 415 <laughs> okay. but the devil You know, that's why I think a lot of Christians don't read the Bible, Mm -hmm. you know, and the devil tries to entice people to not read, to be entertained, so that way when you hear things like this, you'll start to fall for it, and this is how the New Age got in the church, because I've heard Fusco and other people talk about the universe, come on, when something happens, the whole universe, you know, just (coughs) reacts to it, hey, the universe has got a name, okay, and his name is Jesus Christ. Whenever you start hearing energy and things like that, mm-hmm. or I think like, I love what Carlin said. Carlin brought up a great scripture when uh, we were talking about, you know, someone that he knew mm-hmm. that was dealing with something and they were praying to the moon and mm-hmm. the stars. And Carlin uh, brought up, I didn't even know that scripture was in there as much as I, you know, you read over things, you don't see it. But it was Jeremiah 8 where it talked about not to worship these things. Yeah. I knew of 2 Kings 23 where it said that they worship the sun and the moon and the planets and things you're not supposed to. But whenever people tell you, even though the nature worship, if you worship this, it's kind of like praising the Lord. Don't fall for it. That's pantheism. The devil wants you to fall in love with something else so he can take your eyes off of the truth. Our God is a personal God. He's not... Some dumb idol that we've got to try and hope that he's there. We know that our God is real. And the devil tries to make our God just like any other God. Mm -hmm. And he is not. Exactly. All right. This is seven. And it says, in the future, the eyes of humanity will be fixed upon the Christ. Notice they never say Jesus Mm -hmm. and not upon any such man-made institutions as the church and its dignitaries. See, now we got to understand why this is. This is what's happening when people are going into churches and they're seeking a relationship with their pastor and not the Lord. The devil is conditioning people to seek after men. Mm -hmm. The Bible says cursed is the man that trusteth in man that maketh flesh his arm and his heart departed from the Lord. So anytime that they're trying to tell you about who's going to be president, vote for this, do that you know, uh, get a new pastor in. and then, There's nothing wrong with a pastor's position, but a true pastor is going to lead you to Jesus. He's not going to accept anything for himself. Mm-hmm. The goal is Jesus. Right. Because if you trusted men, th- this woman is telling the truth, saying that there'll be no more man-made institutions. But you know how many church people don't know this? They're going to continue to go to church even though they can see the, the gospel being watered down. No one's preaching of sin anymore. The, the world and the church are almost becoming one. Yep. So people continuously go because they feel like it's their duty mm-hmm. or it's the Christian thing to do. When really the Christian thing to do is to get down on your knees and, and know the Lord. Exactly. That's what the Christian thing to do is. So when they make this switch from the church to these, um, you know, from the institutions and break it down to a one world system. Christians won't even know the difference. Mm -hmm. You got people that won't even know. They'll continuously go. And that's why when you were talking about what you were hearing, you know, when you went home, you said that you were hearing about, you know, the pastor up there and they're talking about um, honoring veterans and all. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, I understand that people may have a hard life and what went on, you know, you're glad that they're home. So we're not involved in worldly affairs like that talking about having a college fund to support Christians. Hey, I'm not against trying to get better, but we got to understand how the church has become fighting for health care. I mean, I wish Peter and the boys would have done that. Fighting for health care? I mean, you're supposed to be empowered by the Holy Ghost. to. Oh, man. This is how natural the church is becoming. But this is what the Lord is trying to make clear here, that when these people make the switch, you don't even recognize in your church you're no longer getting the gospel. Mm -hmm. It's not even occurring anymore. But you feel like, man, because they do say Jesus every now and then, this is the truth. Now, if you're going to a Bible-believing church and you are being spiritually fed, don't stop going, go. But understand that Jesus Christ is the focal point behind everything. But a lot of people, I'm telling you, they are going to be lost because they can't understand the subtlety that has taken place amongst them. yeah.
3: And it's also, um, you can tell as well when people treat their pastors like a celebrity, they get all goosebumps when he comes up. Yeah. They're like, hold up. Well, wait. He's a man like anyone else is. Be concerned that he's telling you the truth.
1: Yeah, giving him a high chair. And then they're talking, Jesus said, except the lowest places in the mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. Not the high place. He said, for those people, those are the, you know, the Pharisees. But he said, man, just go and sit anywhere. And, you know, I guess some people would say, well, look what you said. But the thing is, is it's so I can be heard. If you're doing it for that purpose, fine. But don't walk around there like you're royalty because you're not a God over. You're not a Lord over God's inheritance. Mm -hmm. The church belongs to the Lord. You remember when we went to that church and that woman that the um, spirit of prophecy fell on her? And you heard what the Spirit said when it came out of her. I'm tired of people taking my church and trying to use it for their own... You started. know, yeah. Exactly. You know, it was to a point where I, I know that that was the truth. I didn't have to try and figure out, huh, I wonder if she's just saying that because everybody mm-hmm. knows it. When I heard those words, I was already convinced in the Spirit that that was the Spirit of God yeah. speaking. Yep. When you are Spirit to Spirit with God, you know it. You don't even have to be Hmm, I wonder. Oh, I knew. Yeah. <laughs> when I heard it, I knew. Yeah. Outright.
4: Uh-huh.
1: All right. So it says, Christ will be seen. He is in reality working through his disciples, through the masters of the wisdom, and through his followers who toil unseen. So his followers toil unseen. You know who these are? The <laughs> demons. demons. All right. And then it says, usually unrecognized behind world affairs. So they're unrecognized beyond world affairs. This devil is telling on himself that the devil has a part in all society. So you see, there are dangers seen and unseen. Paul says we don't wrestle with flesh mm-hmm. and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Yep. So this is what they're talking about here. Unrecognized beyond world affairs. Jesus was never involved in world affairs Jesus came to preach the gospel and to call people out of it. So this is not the same Jesus we are talking about.
3: But you hear, you recognize how he comes in with that secondly. The mm-hmm. first half of it sounds like, you know, oh, Jesus Christ is working through his disciples and mm-hmm. everything like that. But then he says unrecognizable in world affairs. So he makes very, you know, he's very tricky with putting that second Yeah.
1: Because Jesus makes clear, go into the gospel, preach the world to every Mm -hmm. creature. He that believeth and is baptized will be saved. He that believeth not will be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. Mm -hmm. In his name they will cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If they drink any deadly thing, it won't harm them. So we know that Mm -hmm. identifying Christians, Jesus Christ did do. But see, these people are unrecognizable. Now, Jesus made clear, I know who my people are Mm -hmm. because I'm going to give them signs and wonders. There will be things that people will recognize who he is. All right. So it says the sphere of his activity will be known uh, to be the human heart and also the crowded marked places of the world, but not some stone edifice and not the pomp and ceremony of the of Ecclesiastical Headquarters, the reappearance of the Christ, page 66. And as far as I'm concerned, they can add one more six to that page <laughs> because this is Antichrist. So yeah. they're talking about the human heart. Now, what does the Bible say in Jeremiah seventeen nine? The heart is desperately wicked. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So the Lord does work with the heart, but the heart will be governed by the spirit. Okay, God will work with it, but he's not going to give you heartfelt responses Mm -hmm. outside of his spirit. So you see how what they're preaching here is all about trying to get you self-conscious and not into Christ. So Galatians 1, you guys are there, right? All right, I'll start at verse 1. I don't know what I was thinking about all this time, instead of getting there. Galatians 1 and 1, it says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ, and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me, unto the church of Galatia, grace be unto you, and peace from God the Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. So is he a part of the evil world and he wants us a part of it? He wants to deliver us from it and he calls it evil Mm -hmm. according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. So what are a lot of people getting today? Another Another gospel, gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. I love how the Lord (laughs) just gets us prepared for this garbage that we've been reading all night. So we won't be deceived. Getting ready
3: to speak in the Mormon's religion next.
1: Right, because see, this is what they're doing. They're not just trying to present some things they are saying. Are true, mm-hmm. but they're perverting it. They're adding their own spin on it, which will turn people away from the truth. All right, they will pervert the gospel of Christ. But Paul says, "But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have preached, that that we have preached unto you, let him be accursed." And as we said before, so I say now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. So it makes clear, it doesn't matter who it is, whatever they're preaching, if they're preaching another gospel other than what you have received, I don't care if they claim to be an angel from heaven let them be cursed. And that is that is important because a lot of people in this new age have spiritual experiences, so they swear it came from God. He's making clear that you would know them by the Spirit. They are going to acknowledge Christ. They are going to also say the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard the name of Jesus yet in anything that they're talking about. Exactly. So it's not up to him. Let's go to Colossians 2. Colossians 2, and we'll start at verse 8. All right. So it says, you know, he was approaching the Colossians. The Colossians were like Greeks. So, you know, Greeks were lovers of wisdom. That's where you get the whole philosophy thing from. Mm -hmm. So he says, beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So remember, they were talking about this spiritual hierarchy. He's talking about Jesus Christ is above all. So if you want to acknowledge anything, acknowledge him. Don't go to an angel. Don't try and seek it through any other way. So he says, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now notice also, as we've been reading tonight, they have not once mentioned sin. Mm -hmm. Sin is man's problem, not love and unity. It is sin that only Jesus Christ can take us from. Verse 12, buried with him in baptism Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who have raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and this uncircumcision in your flesh, have he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. So in order to come to Christ, we got to come to him, right? We've got to be dead to sin and alive to Jesus Christ. So you're not taking any pride, any vanity through the door Mm -hmm. about the best that you can be to walk with Jesus. You are the best you can be when Christ lives in you and not you of yourself. Fourteen, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. So what did he nail to the cross? He nailed the law. Okay, because he, on that, he put two commandments. uh, Loving the Lord. Oh, oh, man, excuse me, guys. Loving the Lord and loving your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Must be getting to the good part. (coughs) Uh, Devil said, let me choke him out.
3: Well, one thing also about the angels that people have to read and understand as well is that any time a man fell down before an angel... They told him quickly to not do that. An angel
1: of the Lord will never accept praise exactly. from you. That is true. So he said, verse 15, In having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a shoe of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Now everybody knows when Jesus went into the earth, on the heart of the earth, he ministered to the spirits that were down there. He even made it clear he grabbed the, the keys of death and hell, showing you guys can't hold me. I came to do the will of my father and to do what was necessary. Verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. Now, this is another doctrine that the, the enemy has twisted. It says, let no man judge you in meat or drink. Okay, we know that or in respect of a holy day. A holy day were the seven annual feast days that the Bible speaks about. Mm -hmm. He says, let no man judge you according to them. Like if you aren't keeping them, you're not going to be judged because we know that Jesus Christ is our Sabbath day. Mm -hmm. But he's not talking about holidays, but you get a lot of churches that will turn this into holidays that have nothing to do with God, that are not in this Bible. And more often, Jesus Christ spoke against them. Mm. So you see, that is serpent language when they go that route and try and tell you, see, it says, let no man respect of a holy day. I mean, whoa, whoa, hold up a minute. Do you know what a holy day is? Because we're not talking about these helly days where they do all sorts of things that have nothing to do with God.
2: And holy itself is... Use at
1: Christmas, like holly, mm-hmm. it, and it has to do with worshiping Baal-peor, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Um, what is that again? Um, uh, what's the oh, thing that they? Um, oh,
3: uh mistletoe. Like so the so mistletoe so
1: and, so. and yeah. the holly, yeah. the holly tree, and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. All that stuff is satanic. Verse seventeen, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. So what does it tell us that if we're up under Christ, that's all we need to worry about. Jesus Christ. That's right. Amen. That's right. (laughs) Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility. This is all false religion and worshiping of angels intruding into those things which he have not seen vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. So the Lord wants us to avoid all this mess Mm -hmm. that nobody has seen. See, so that's why Jesus can say in my father's house, there are many mansions. Jesus is telling you what's in heaven. These people are speculating, talking about you can have one life, and then you come back as another life, and another life, and another life. Mm -hmm. Reincarnation is a doctrine of devils. The Bible says in uh, Hebrews 9 and 27, it is permitted for man once to die, and after that, the judgment. So there was no second and third and fourth and fifth life. You want to make a point? No. Nope. Oh, okay.
2: Well, and if you're saved, then eternal life. You turn your life into eternal life. Exactly. What could be better than that? Why would you want to follow any other angel or doctrine? And then also, why would you want to follow any other angels or worship any other angels when Jesus, the angels, were below him? They worship him, you exactly. And contact with Jesus.
1: Exactly. And this is what the devil tries to keep us from doing. Mm-hmm. And this is why the devil wants you to waste the life that you have now. That's why he gets you believing in reincarnation. You're done because mm-hmm. you're never going to take this life serious. Yeah. You're going to waste it and then find out the devil was lying to you. Exactly. All right. This is eight. no man has ever uh, has ever been saved by theology. That is true, but only by the living Christ and through the awakened consciousness of the Christ within each human heart. The Problems of Humanity, page 133. So you see how this can be twisted because, okay, it's true. Through theology, no man is saved. That is true. But only by the living Christ, only by Jesus Christ. They left that part out. Mm -hmm. And through the awakened consciousness of the Christ. There's no such thing as Christ consciousness. We Mm -hmm. ought to be conscious of him. But as far as Christ consciousness, what the new ages believe is Jesus Christ was no different than any other man. They refused to accept him as the son of God. So they believe somehow he tapped into this universal consciousness that he knew about and that anybody can be like him if you tap into that consciousness. So see, this is the mistake. They're not telling you what's in the spirit to pursue Jesus Mm -hmm. that you may be like him in in terms of having the spirit. They're telling you that there is a consciousness that's going around that he tapped into that if you do, you'll tap into too. And, you know, the truth to this is that the spirit of Antichrist is worldwide. And there is a spiritual consciousness going on Mm -hmm. where they're linking the world together through Internet Through TV, through everything that you can think of, Energy. through education and mm. right, you know, they're they're indoctrinating everybody to believe the same. Mm-hmm. So she's absolutely right concerning this, but they're not talking about our Jesus. Nope. Let's go to First um, Corinthians chapter eleven.
3: They're talking about a worldview.
1: Yeah, this is none. This is none. Exactly. These people are trying to turn everybody anti-Christ. Alright, so it says, this is 9, individual man and his soul are also attempting to come together, and when that event is uh, consummated, the Christ is born in the cave of the heart, and, um, and Christ is seen in the daily life with increasing power. But do you see how this can be so turned around into something else? I mean, talking about born in the cave of the heart. The only people that do things and worship in caves are occultists. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're the only one that worship witchcraft and do this. So they're trying to turn it into the cave of the heart. When the soul and the um and the uh man and his soul are also attempting to come together, man and his soul. God deals with your spirit, that your soul might be saved. But see, it's true. The devil deals with your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. That is his gateway and how he enters. For the for the Lord deep calleth unto deep. So what does the devil do? Spiritually sodomize everybody through their souls. He can't work with your spirit. All right, so 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 1, it says, would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me for I am jealous over you with godly jealousy for I have espoused you uh, to the one husband I mean to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Now we know that this Christ we're speaking of is Jesus but I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, through his softness, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So what is the simplicity? Give yourself to Jesus Christ, get to know him, and Jesus Christ will come unto you. Christ in us is the hope of glory. But what are they try and introduce you to? All these rituals and the angels and... All this other type of worship that has nothing to do with him. So this is how minds become corrupted. And everything that we read, do you notice how tongue-twisted it is? It makes your head hurt to even try and figure it out. Because that is the power of the demons that are speaking through this. They're almost like trying to manipulate you into, I wonder if that's true. Jesus don't work that way. He tells you straightforward what is right and what is wrong. Yep. Verse four <clears throat> for if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, ye might bear well with him. So the Lord is telling us. There is another Jesus, there is another gospel, and there is another spirit. And that's what we've been reading all night. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Hold where you are, because I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to conclude with the final verses going down here. But uh, it says, this is 10, as the man works with his personality. So uh, once again, we're focused on man. You see this? As the man works with his personality, purifying it and bending it to the service of the spiritual will, whose spiritual will? He automatically raises the energies mm-hmm. of the centers of his body up to the um, up to the center between the eyebrows. Oh, Eventually, the influence of each of the two uh, center increases. And becomes wider and wider until they make contact with each other's vibratory or magnetic field. And instantly the light flashes out. Father, spirit, and mother matter unite and are one. And are at one. Uh, And the Christ is born. Yeah, so they're talking kundalini. Mm -hmm. See, one thing New Agers know that there is a truth that in our bodies there are chakras. Okay, that's not new age babble. That is truth. But God doesn't work through them. Mm-hmm. We have one at the base of our spine, you know, one here in the belly, and I mean they go up. When they talk about through your eyebrows, that is the third eye that they're speaking of, that spiritual awakening which is antichrist. This is what it means to come through the door by some other method and not of Jesus Christ. So they're talking about the Christ is born. They're talking about that consciousness seeing into the spirit realm, which is totally a cult that the Lord never tells us Mm. to be involved in. Now, God does give us the the spirit of discernment. And I do believe that what Carlin sees sometimes is the Lord opening his mind that he might see. But you got to understand, it's not a question of this. The question is, who's opening this? Who's opening this door that you might see? I know when I was standing on the corner that day and the Lord hit me in the spirit, danger, danger, Mm -hmm. something ain't right. And I saw that car pass by, that truck, Mm -hmm. that was the same color as the van that was coming to hit me. You know, that was Mm -hmm. the Lord opening my mind, giving me the spirit of discernment to see. Mm -hmm. But it had nothing to do with what they call energies and um, what's the other thing, what they try and use, the sixth sense. Yeah. And all that other garbage, that's New Age babble. That is not well, of the and spirit. If,
3: comes, if, if we're a follower of Jesus Christ, he's not going to lead us down a deceptive road. You know, exactly. If he gives us visions, it's going to be, this is what's about to come. Warning, danger, be the watchman, not mm-hmm. some... Oh, well, you can have this kind of, you know, emotional experience. And mm-hmm. this that. No, it's not going to come that way.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so they're talking kundalini stuff, which is new age garbage. Mm-hmm. But check this out, guys. Now, after they said the Christ is born, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, said the Christ. So you see how they try and match the word of God with that false gospel Mm -hmm. the word of God Jesus said that which is born of flesh is flesh that which is born of spirit is spirit Jesus said unless a man um, be born of water and of the spirit he cannot see the kingdom of God they're talking about going into kundalini form and then saying unless the man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God so you see they're they're twisting it and trying to turn it into what they want it to be. So, you see, they quoted, except the man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God, said Jesus. Yes, Jesus Christ did say that. But Jesus did not tell you about some father spirit and mother matter unite in one. Mm-hmm. He does not say that the light flashes out through some kundalini experience through the center of your mind. Right. So you see, this is why we got to take the scripture as a whole and not read pieces because you'd have pastors that would say this in church. And if they brought up that, you would only hear the end and say, well, yeah, that's what the Lord says. So he must be right. We've got to take the scripture as a whole. That's right. All right. So he says, this is the second birth. And from that moment, vision comes with increasing power. So they're talking about seeing into the spirit realm. And then it says that Christ is being born today and many a human being and increasingly will the sons of God appear in their true nature to take over the guidance of humanity in the new age. So we don't take over the guidance of humanity. We walk as Jesus Christ walks. That people might get saved. So you see how they keep going back to humanity? Mm-hmm. That is another key sign of serpent language. Because they're trying to bring it to worldly terms. Right. Worldly terms. Humanism. Watching over man instead of the kingdom of God, which is the focus. Yes. Yeah.
3: And they use the word many. Matthew 7.13 says... Broad is the way that leadeth to to destruction, destruction. and many Many
1: there be be which go in there. but straight is the gate, and And narrow is is the the way way. which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So that's another good point. Many, as the Bible uses, is always in a negative term. Mm -hmm. When they talk about energies, when they say all these things, they're not giving the credit to the one true God, they're giving it to you, and they're making God not personal, So you see what they're doing? Yeah.
2: And I mean, you just really got to be careful about seeking these other religions and faith and the chakra and trying to have a new enlightenment and uh, because you're opening yourself up to other spirits and demons and things like depression, anxiety, worry, and these things just so you can get for a little bit, a little excitement. Exactly. Or uh, higher out-of-body experience. And then later you're going to be dealing with nightmares or whatever comes mm-hmm. upon you for that, That's right, you know?
1: And that's why we can skip down to verse 12. It says, this is a 2 Corinthians 11 and 12. But what I do that I will do that I may cut off occasion from being, I mean, from them, which desire occasion that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we for such are false apostles deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing that his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. So you say that Jesus said many times, Mm -hmm. take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Yep. He said, false Christ and false prophets will arise and deceive many. So Jesus has always warned us that the name of Christ would be used. That's why when people mention Jesus to you today, you've got to ask them, what Jesus are you talking about? Because the Bible makes clear there is another Jesus, another gospel, and another spirit. Let's go to John 4 real quick. I'm glad Christina brought up that point. Mm -hmm. So they're talking about guiding humanity into the new age. Jesus is getting people unto eternal life. Not going into a new worldly age. This is 11. That he whom we serve may be nearer to all of us uh, than ever before. That the work uh, of establishing uh, right human relations may proceed apace, and that light and love may stream forth from Shambhala. Now, Shambhala is Satan. All right, and the hierarchy over all of you who love your fellow men is the earnest wish, accompanied by my blessing for you at this season of the will to good. So you see, this is all that light Mm -hmm. and love and all that other stuff that has got nothing to do with the spirit. Satan himself transformed into an angel of light. But notice in the beginning, huh?
2: Reminds me of white magic.
1: Exactly. But notice in the beginning, it says that he whom we serve may be nearer to all of us than ever before. Mm -hmm. Who is this he? That's why we want to go to, uh, to John 4. Look at this. I went too far. All right, All right John Four and uh Let's start at verse 21. Now, you know, this is the woman at the well asking the Lord about this water. Jesus saith unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. And I'm telling all these people, every time they go into hierarchy and go into these false Beliefs. They never know who they worship. Yep. Their God comes to them every now and then and leaves, turns them onto other philosophies, other things. But I have a question I want to ask them. With all your New Age experiences, has it ever led you closer to God? Have you ever gained a relationship? Have you ever experienced uh, the true uh, meaning or, or, or purpose of what God wants for you? They never do. Nope. Even with all their works, all their experiences, it never brings them closer to God. They never know their God any better than than some mystery that speaks to them and gets them to do things. It well, never them brings them closer. Either. That's right. Verse 23 says, But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh... <laughs> Uh, such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But I love how he told the Sumerian woman, you worship, you know not what. But we know what we worship Mm -hmm. because salvation is of the Jews. Okay, so that's what we got to say. We can bring it all down to one name which is Jesus. We don't have to take it all over the place. Yeah.
2: Um, if you go back from the 13 and 14 is talking about how Jesus is saying if you drink it of um, the water uh-huh. of you know earthly water you shall thirst again that's same right. with these other religions and other yeah. God's and spirits they're still looking for something and never being satisfied but if you drink of the spirit of God's well then you will be springing up to everlasting life
1: amen you, you know and that is that is that is the, that is the key point we can all narrow it down to Jesus. And these people have got to go all over the world. So let's go to June 1, and I'm going to conclude from there. Well, there's only one Jew. Yes. One second. And yes.
3: But no, I mean, all of this... I mean, it's good that this is all exposed and brought to the light because there are a few people out there tonight just looking for uh, coming to the end of themselves. They know that the, the way that they're living is not right. They're tired of the drugs. They're tired of the alcohol. They're tired of the, you know, immoral sex that they shouldn't be having. They're tired of just living like the world as, you know, I can rightly say I got tired of it, but yeah. there, there's no... And, and, and you know, immediately people say, Well, I wanna to come to know Jesus Christ, so let me go to church You know, and I believe at one time, especially in these days and you know, maybe in the fifties and sixties or before the sixties and whatnot, that there was a time that people could actually go to church and, you know, hear the truth about Jesus Christ, but that's not so anymore. It's like today, it's the Baskin-Robbins of religion. You know, you got the 31 flavors. And so, you want to go to church, but you don't, you go there and you're confused. You're even more confused when you walked in, you know, when you left than when you walked in. Because you're like, well, that sounds plausible, that sounds like it could be it, but is that the truth? And then, it's like trying to read the scripture for ourselves and knowing... Which Bible to read because there's so many false versions of it out there today. It's like, you know, I get convicted through this word right here. You know, the King James, I'm not saying that because it's the King James, I'm saying that because this is the most accurate version that's out there. And I get convicted through this. And I know people that read other versions, and it's like, you're reading, they might as well have the marshmallow version out there. Exactly. You know, because it's like they're not being. You don't get not worshiping in truth. You don't get Mm -hmm. that spirit of truth with a butter knife.
1: Exactly. All right, so this is Jude one and one. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved. When I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common common salvation, uh, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. So the Lord makes clear, or or Jude is making clear here, that we are to contend for the faith. No one's going to drop it in your lap. You're not just going to have it. He's saying, you know, that we have to contend because the enemy is going to come against that which is true or try to pervert it or try and twist it mm-hmm. or do whatever he can that we may go off course. Yep. Whatever it takes to lose your faith, the enemy is going to throw at you. Verse four, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we've been reading all night. Mm -hmm. These false brethren crept in unawares to spy out your liberty and to try and pervert the gospel or take your eyes off of the one true God in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Verse five, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterwards, destroyed them that believe not. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath preserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. So that makes clear that I'm telling all these people out there, if you're not worshiping the true Jesus Christ, chances are you are serving a demon or a fallen angel. I'm not denying you won't have spiritual experiences, but this makes clear in verse 6 that there were angels that fell, that have their own desire, that are got, that have got people worshiping them through subduction and not following Jesus Christ. Okay, verse um, 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner Giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, and as set forth for an example, suffereth the vengeance of eternal fire. This strange flesh was no doubt homosexuality, Mm -hmm. but you know, this can even be taken in spiritual fornication how people end up going after strange fire, offering the Lord things that he never asked for, that he never wanted anything to do with. And this is why people get perverted and go to different places because they're not doing what the Lord said to do. Mm, exactly. They've got their own wants. You cannot have your will and God's will walk together. Mm-hmm. That is impossible. I mean, unless you, um, and as you get saved and closer to the Lord, your will will be more like him. So there is no disparity between you. Right. Verse eight, likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. So, a lot of these false religions, too, they turn people away from the truth. They are filthy dreamers. They want you to to relish in your own visions and what you want and not what God wants. They despise dominion. They don't want God ruling over them. That's what the whole thing is about, that you yourself can be a God. When the devil said that, he wasn't lying. When he said, you shall be as God's, he was right, but they wouldn't be the like the God of the Bible. They would try and do their own thing. And because of that, they fell and died. Verse 9. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. So we can learn a lot here. To so all these new ages out there, when an angel comes to you, He is going to present the truth in Jesus Christ. He will never act on his own accord. And most times we don't deal with angels. We deal with the the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. The angels may serve their purpose in the kingdom, but very rarely do they deliver messages unless it's like Gabriel Mm -hmm. or, you know, someone else. But Gabriel came to bring the truth. Michael, being an archangel, never came to represent himself. He said he recognized who the devil was. He said, you know, Lord rebuked it. He didn't come in his own might, in his yeah. own will. So we learn here that every angel or, or spirit that is of God is going to come in the name of Jesus, exactly. not in himself. Verse 10, but these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts. In those things, they corrupt themselves. So why was it easy for Alice Bailey to obey this and to and to present such garbage and blasphemy? Because they're brute beasts. Mm-hmm. They speak evil of the goodness of God. They hate Jesus. Exactly. So they got no problem lying on them. He said they're natural brute beasts. Verse 11. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. And ran greedily after the error of Balaam for a reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. So, a gainsaying is like speaking supportive arguments against the Bible, speaking against God's word. That's what a gainsayer is. All those people bringing their own philosophies. Verse 12 These are spots in your feast of charity. So, they're spots in your love uh, when they feast with you. Uh, so they're not gonna be separated from you. They'll be amongst you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth uh without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. So these people will have no water, no real spirit. They are also um feeding themselves without fear. What so that means like they're kind of like um What's the word? They're gluttonous, right? Yeah. But they're also proud. proud. You know that they can say anything without fear of the Lord. They're they just running their mouths. Mm-hmm. This uh, Jude is actually parallel to Second Peter chapter 2. If yeah. you read it, they're talking about the exact same things. Verse 13. When they're plucked up by the roots, that means reprobate. Uh, Raging waves of the sea, foaming out of their own shame. Wandering stars in whom is reserved the blackness of the darkness forever. Okay, so you don't want to fool around with God and be um, reprobate because once you're reprobate, you're worthless. Mm -hmm. So he's saying before it gets to that point, this is why these people can say what they say. And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed and all have their uh, hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So the Lord is coming to execute judgment, to convince those who are ungodly that they are wrong, you know, or to judge them um, You know to pretty much wipe them away because they're against the lord Mm -hmm. see now when you read this this christ was accepting of everybody Mm -hmm. this christ excluded nobody except the true christian so if you believed in what jesus said you were excluded but this christ found no fault in anybody he was accepting to everyone and that is not the jesus christ that we serve our jesus christ is exclusive You've got to be in or you are out. You either meet the conditions or you don't. But he's not going to say, Yeah, he'll take you as you are, but he's not going to leave you that way.
4: Exactly.
1: Verse 16. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaking great swelling words. Uh, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. And this is exactly how they live. They take advantage over people. They, a lot of these new ages won't come to Jesus because the devil has convinced them that they're special. Mm-hmm. You're above that. You have new knowledge, new ways of thought. You're yeah. not with the old system. So these people believe that they're going to have advantage, you know, over you by having this new light. Even if it comes from the devil, even if they don't fully understand it, they still feel like they're special and you're not. This is why a lot of people fall to this. Verse 17, but beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. So he told them, don't worry about all that false stuff that you heard. Remember what you heard of the apostles of Jesus Christ. What they had written, that there will be mockers and scoffers in the last time they should go after their own lust, not pursuing what the Lord is telling them to pursue. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. And this is what I was talking about before. The devil works in your senses, your emotions. He works in your soul. He does not work in your spirit this is why people allow themselves to be just to be um, seduced they separate themselves what it means they separate themselves is not that they themselves walk away from the gospel they separate themselves because they um, they what the devil is pulling out of them is what they already have Mm -hmm. in them what desires you want apart from God you separate yourself so the devil can pull out of your senses and get you to follow him they don't have the spirit is why they go with that. Exactly. So that proves God doesn't deal with your emotions here. The, the emotions will follow the spirit. Verse 20, but ye beloved. So the, he's not talking to those people, the central group. He's speaking to his now. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So again, you get led right back to the spirit. Hey, you want to build up your faith, build up your faith, praying in the spirit, um, worshiping the Lord. Yep. Verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God. That is agape. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So when he says, keep yourself in the love of God, that is loving the Lord, loving your neighbor, but looking for the mercy of our Lord. So what are you looking for? The coming of Christ. You're looking to do his will and obeying him. You're not indulging in the world. You are doing the will of the Lord until eternal life is available. Verse 22, and of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. So how you know, they win souls and bring people in. Sometimes you got to preach fire and brimstone. Yep. you got to tell people the truth that they may get saved. Some with compassion, making a difference. But he's saying, man, for those who preach like that, the real good, man, they even hate the flesh. They hate everything about this world. You know when you're getting closer to the Lord, when you hate the world. Mm-hmm. I even hate the devil when he pays me for the, for the day-to-day life. I thank the Lord. But I hate when the devil has to... Try and have some advantage over you and giving you money or a position. I don't care about that yeah. trash. All I care about is being sustained that I might do the Lord's will.
4: Exactly.
1: And when you start getting closer to the Lord, you hate the war. I mean, even while it, the enemy will make you vice president and you, oh, I hate the Lord and all. Man, no, thank you. I'm all right. Oh, I'll take the position, but... I'm gonna serve the Lord. I don't even want this. Yeah. But you, you really do. You should see at meetings when we have, when they're sitting there talking about what the agenda is or these meetings that we have as far as the kids. You know, I'm sitting back like this. Man, this is garbage, man. I turn to James. This is garbage. You know, and James is like, yeah, you know, I know, or Jake be messaging us. Did you hear that? Yeah, this is, this is totally anti-Christ. But it's like, we don't, you know, yeah. You when you sell out for Christ, you see all the stuff that is just so not true. Mm-hmm. All right. Verse 23, I mean, 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever forever. Jesus Christ the righteous. Amen. I added that last part because I knew he was talking about the great God, our Savior. But we got to understand what serpent language is it is subtle, it is crafty, it will get you into you, it will seduce you, and it will take you away from God. So that's why when the Bible talks about lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, the Lord claimed that those would be dangerous times perilous times would come because people were lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. So when you're self-loving, you're not Christ conscious, which makes you a beast. Mm -hmm. In a world ruled by beast, I mean, you're going to have some dangerous people walking around that will do anything to please themselves. So hopefully we got some understanding tonight about serpent language because serpent language is so subtle and crafty that it will take you away from the Lord before you even know it. But when you love the truth, you can't be deceived because you have no problem obeying what the Lord says. Exactly. Even if you aren't fully doing what he says yet, you acknowledge that he is right and you call unto him for help that you may be changed. All right, so that's the lesson for tonight about serpent language. Allow ourselves not to be deceived. Stay with the truth and acknowledge our Lord. Christ
3: Christ. alright I'm going to have us go to Ezekiel 18 and for the sake of time I wanted to read the entire thing but it's 32 verses Um, but I can we're going to start in 18 but as a backdrop story for this and it's just awesome how the Lord puts this in the Old Testament and in the New Testament and Ezekiel, um, he was having also visions of Christ coming as Jeremiah and as as Isaiah did as well Um, but if you read the book of Ezekiel it really gives like that future prophetic of Jesus Christ coming back and actually in our time as well Um, so Ezekiel 18, the first uh, several verses here it talks about... uh, the sinning soul shall die, and the just soul shall live. And it's actually talking about God's two commandments. That we're, you know, in uh, Matthew 21, "Is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart shall and mind, and love thy neighbor as thyself. And it says in these verses here that if we don't do this, then we go into iniquity, and we will die in our iniquity. And if we do do this, that we shall live. And so we're going to pick it up at verse 18. Ezekiel 18 and 18. For as his father, because he cruelly oppressed, spoiled his brother by violence, and did that which was not good among his people, lo, even he shall die in his iniquities. Yea, say ye, why, doth not the son bear the iniquity of the father, when the son hath done that which is lawful and right, and hath kept all my statutes? and had done them he shall surely live now in verse 19 it's actually talking about um in exodus 20 in verse 5 where it says that um jesus will um visit the inequity of the children of the third and fourth generation so because you know he was like don't worship idols and everything um it's one of the commandments and so what he's referencing here was is that people would say well wouldn't this come upon the children he's saying here no If he lives by me and my statutes, then he shall be saved. He shall live. Verse 20. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness upon the wicked shall be upon him. But if the wicked will turn from all his sin, that he hath committed and keep all my statutes and doeth that which is lawful and right he shall surely live and shall not die so it's making it clear that you, you, as we all did we all lived in wickedness before we came to know Jesus that if he turns away we're going to live verse 22 all his transgression, transgressions that he hath committed they shall not be mentioned unto him in his righteousness that he hath done he shall live have I any pleasure that all the wicked shall die, saith the Lord God, and not that he should return from his ways and live? Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up tonight is because today we are seeing so many people, like you mentioned earlier, that people see the evil. So they don't want to come to know Jesus Christ. But he's saying right here, He's, have I any pleasure that the wicked shall die? And we're going to read and see this. Okay, verse 24. Ezekiel 18 and 24. But when the righteous turneth away, I want to mention this, all you once saved, always saved out there tonight. Listen to this. But when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and doeth according to all the abominations that the wicked man doeth, shall he live? All his righteousness that he hath done shall not be mentioned So this is Jesus Christ saying this right here in his word. We can turn away. And our righteousness won't be mentioned. In his trespass that he trespassed. And in his sin that he hath sinned. In them shall he die. Now this is what the world says all the time. Yet ye say the way of the Lord is not equal. Hear now O house of Israel. Is not my way equal? Are not your ways unequal? What he's saying here is that my way is fair and your way is not fair. Verse 26, When a righteous man turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and dieth in them for his iniquity that he hath done, he shall he die. Again, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall live. And uh, he shall save his soul alive, because he considereth and turneth away from all his transgression that he hath committed. He shall surely live; he shall not die yet. Saith the house of Israel: The way of the Lord is not equal. O house of Israel, why are my, uh, why, uh, O house of Israel, are not my ways equal? Are not your ways unequal? So as we talked about tonight, or as you brought forth tonight, people are trying to go to a different way to Jesus Christ because they say that the Lord is not fair. Why would he kill his people? Why would he beat his bride? Why would he do this? Why would he do that? The Lord is righteous and equal and fair in every single thing that he does, whether we like it or not. But he's saying here, if we turn away from our wickedness and come to know him, we shall live. But if we don't and we turn to iniquity, or we turn to sin, we turn to the ways of Satan, we are going to die. Why? Because Satan hates God. And he hates us. And he doesn't want Jesus Christ to live in us. But this is something that the church has got to understand. Verse 30, Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his way, saith the Lord God. Repent and turn yourself from all your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin cast away from you all your transgressions whereby ye have transgressed and make you a new heart and a new spirit for why will ye die O house of Israel for I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth saith the Lord God wherefore turn away yourselves and live ye so God has no pleasure when the wicked die but they make that choice to stay wicked He's giving them everything. He gives us all everything that we need in the scriptures. And it's equal to us, it is equal to them that are living in the world. Hey, come away from this. Come away from those things that are going to kill you. Come away from those things that defile the temple of the living God and come to know Jesus. He's saying right here, I don't have any pleasure in it. But if this is what we choose, this is what's going to happen. So that's what I have.
1: Listen. All right, so I guess
2: we can pray out. Sure. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we come to you lowly minds and hearts and just submitting ourselves to you, Father. Yes, Jesus. We thank you for this time of fellowship and this time to study your word and to just seek more understanding and unravel mysteries that you continue to show us as we read your scriptures and we collaborate as one spirit and one mind to understand um, our testimonies and everything that you bring towards us that needs to come forth. But Thanks I ask you. that if there's anyone listening tonight that is new to Christ or involved in any other traditions or religions and they heard this message father i ask that you help them just pinpoint the things in their life that they need to turn over to you they need to the the sins, all of it That they just need to turn over and trust you with lord no matter what it takes to just take that step of vulnerability lord and trust in you and i ask that you give them a new heart lord and that you baptize them in the holy spirit through water and through fire lord and that they feel your presence with them right now father i pray for our ministry i pray that we continue to get stronger lord and that we most of all continue to get closer to you and doing your will not our own lord but yours that the gifts that you have given us manifest um into serving you fully father and i ask for you to continue to bless us with an anointing With the overfill of the Holy Spirit, Lord. I ask that you keep us hungry and you keep us thirsty day by day seeking you more and more. And that never dies, Lord. When the world tries to creep in, when our work tries to creep in, when things of finances try to creep in or any responsibilities that are just dragging on us, Lord, I ask that you keep reminding us who our focus is. Yes, who is most important? And that's you, Jesus Christ, Lord. And I ask that we continue to get rid of ourselves and to seek you more because ourselves are boring, honestly. we lived with ourselves forever. But you, you are just so beautiful, so fantastic, yes, glorious. Lord. And every time that we take the just moments and just time to get into your word, to be still and patient in prayer, in praise, and worship, and in intimate time with you, we become close with you, and you unreveal mysteries, and Lord, I ask you continue to do that with all of us, and that we walk after you, and we put into action the things that you reveal us, that we use it for your glory, Lord Jesus.
3: Thank you, Lord.
2: Father, I ask for you to continue to give us the spirit of discernment as we're out there, and we are speaking to people who are dealing with other spirits and other religions, that are not following after your heart, Lord, I ask us that you I ask that you, guide our tongue to give life unto them and yes, not death, amen. Lord Jesus. You, Jesus. I ask that you just give us that gut-wrenching feeling when we need to speak to somebody, even if we have no idea. I ask for the word of knowledge. I ask yes, for Jesus, us Jesus, just amen. to be honest with ourselves in our walk and daily how we can continue to do more for you in the kingdom because that's what it's about, Father. Yes, yes Jesus father i love you and I thank you for you being love, the ultimate display of love and i ask that you show us what that really means even more what that yes, charity me. agape love truly means through the testings through all the fruit of the spirit through the just the trials that we deal with you show us your love then the most you come through and Yes. yes lord we thank you oh, yes thank you, you continue Jesus. to sanctify us and forgive us for our sins and bring unknown sins unto us so yes, we can make lord it right Jesus. with you and lord. Yes, lord.
1: in Jesus
2: in mighty Jesus and most name. holy name i pray in
1: Jesus name amen amen, amen.